Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle. I'm in the house with Steve Say. How do Mr. Bob Ryder. I love the theme music more and more each time. You're a hilarious guy. <laughs> Stephanie Cook. <laughs> what a delight. And we didn't scare him away yet, Mr. Joey Bacino. What up? However, he has been fired more than once yeah, in like two shows. <laughs> Last five minutes, I've been fired three times. <laughs> Uh, I want to. I'm going to hop right into. We're going to be listening questions this week. This, this week, by the way, and uh, we're going to get to this a little bit later. But I do have one that is pertains specifically to Joey. What? <laughs> yeah. I must not have seen the updates. <laughs> um. So this is from uh uh at comic sexual on Twitter says, hey, "Is yo. there going to be some type of initiation for Joey? I kind of feel like there needs to be." Winky face. Oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> Joey's on, Joe, Joey's firmly in the no camp for that. Um, what do you guys got? What do you guys got? I don't know. I didn't think of anything. We're not really we're not really into hazing. Not yet. Not the hazing type. No. I feel like that's what all the frats say. Yeah. I feel like all the podcasts that you've been on before you were a permanent member of the team were mm-hmm. the, was the hazing. But that's when the gloves yeah. the gloves are the gloves are kind of on on those because he's like a sort of like a guest. So we're all very we're very nice. nice. He hasn't gotten Before's like on. the real like the the, the the initiation comes just from the. The, the the whole process of having to do this every weekend and week week out. It could have oh been God, that question man. about the twelve wolves. That could have. Been. Some people just roll into this thing. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it. the game show last week was like initiation <laughs> enough. First, you what? guys picked on my questions, and then we had to answer the Game of Thrones thing. It was like, oh, well, uh, like no more shit, guys. Mm. God. Uh, I went to bed sad that night. <laughs> and you were the winner. The rest of us felt. <laughs> Hey man, I did have one person like tweet at me and they were like, Hey, I got all of your questions right. We are on the same wavelength. I was nice. like, see, you know, there's always one person. There's spirit animals everywhere. Yeah. Um actually I think the initiation really was when Bob insulted your hometown. I apologize. I apologize. so Joey, did you watch uh did you watch Grease Live? I did not. Oh. I ended up watching my, my, my dad and my brother hadn't seen Mad Max. Uh, okay. So I was like, do I watch them watch Mad Max Fury Road or do I watch Grease Live and do my whole hate tweeting thing and love tweeting thing? So I DVR'd and I'm going to watch Grease Live, not live, and see how that feels. Yeah. But still tweet it and see if anybody pays attention. But like, kudos to Vanessa Hudgens for actually performing like hours after her dad died. 
Oh yeah, yeah I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, her dad died of cancer oh, just wow. before the show. Jeez. And she still went on and like performed. Jeez. She's fierce. Yeah, I heard so, good, like, very good things about the about the program. So. Oh yeah. I heard good things about her. I didn't necessarily hear great things about the overall performance, but I heard that she killed it. Mm. I'm sure Carly Rae Jepsen was fantastic. Um, yeah, she's from Canada. <laughs> she's my girl. Speaking of from Canada, did you guys see last week there was a guy following Ted Cruz around with like heckling, like with like protest signs that yes. said like Ted Cruz loves Nickelback. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was like his protest sign. Like, don't vote for Ted Cruz. He likes Nickelback. I mean, like, in, in America, that's a sin. Yeah, there's very yeah, uh, in Canada that's things. a sin. That's like a federal offense. Uh, there's a pretty hilarious video. Uh, Peter Serafinowicz, uh, comedian. He was in Shaun of the Dead. He's Pete in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, he's sure. also the voice of Darth Maul, um, among other things. But he uh, he he overdubbed a Donald Trump speech with like a gangster Cockney accent. Oh no! But oh. the exact same speech. Like, he didn't change any of the the words or anything like that. It was pretty hilarious. He's a really funny dude. Um, we got to get Hugh to come and do Jason Statham oh, version of Donald Trump. Yeah, that the, could work. the Alfred version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we got some to talk about. We have no set book of the week this week, but we are we have some uh, books to talk about a little bit later on. Um, we're, we're all sort of interested in and, and excited about. Uh, we're going to do our lightning round, of course. And then, like I said, we have a lot of listener questions uh, to get to. Uh I think we can probably can we we can confirm what's going on next week at this point. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. All right. So. Unless, unless something really yeah. weird happens. No, yeah. Uh, officially, next week we will be speaking to Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction together. Yeah. yeah. It's true. That's gonna be That's fun. Wild. <laughs> Should be entertaining. It's been a couple of years since we've mm-hmm. had Kelly Sue on yeah. and Matt. It's been what two? At two least. years, yeah, I think two years around yeah. there. And Matt just once as he was starting Fantastic Four. Didn't yeah. we have two years? Matt Fraction and Jonathan Hickman on in the same night. We yeah, talked we about them the same it, yeah. night. We okay. released them separately. Okay. And yeah. I believe Michael Allred on the same. I think we, it wasn't we, the same night. No, no, we talked to Michael another week. Okay. That. It was around that same time because it was right when that book had started. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All of a sudden, I'm hearing Weird Al's. Those were the good old days in my head. <laughs> uh, we have a couple interviews coming up. Uh, we won't talk about the other one yet because just in case, just in case, because yeah. it's a little while off. But uh, yeah, we have some good stuff coming your guys' way, and opposed to some other stuff that's not like necessarily totally comic book focused, um, but is in that realm uh, stuff. Stuff for you guys as well, uh, and I may be talking to Rob Liefeld on Thursday. Really? During wow. the day, yeah. He's doing press for Deadpool, and I got contacted by the the rep. So uh, we tried to set something oh, up. We're wow. seeing. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, that will be out. I'll put it on a special edition show or whatever. For that, so oh, special edition indeed. Yes. Uh, so a lot of stuff to to, to look forward to um, on on the on the podcast. Um, let's uh, let's jump into some lightning round stuff here, though. Um, Joey, you gonna go first? Oh no! Hazing. I'm being hazed. You're being hazed. I know you did. Oh, we get did, you... out of it. Yes, he gets to go first. You don't get to whine and do it. We all have to go first every now and again. Go. Wow. You're doing it. Get out of here. All right. Three minutes on the clock, Joey, and go. Okay. Uh, I didn't get to read much this past week because of school stuff, but I did read um, a new book from IDW called Victory City. Um, 
I put the review up on the website for issue number one. It is from IDW, story by Keith Carmack, art by Vincent Nappi, and letters and design by Jesse Adrignola. Uh, it's a crime comic, uh, it very much in line with uh, the movie Seven. It's in the box, that movie, you know. <laughs> What's um, in the box? There's kind of two story threads that are weaving through the the first issue. We have this kind of um, killer interacting with various people in town. It's brutal stuff in terms of how it's illustrated and and the things that he talks about. The opening scene, he's talking to like a, a cook who's like, oh, my kid, he's ungrateful. So the killer's like, do you know what infanticide is? And I was oh. like, this book is crazy, right out the bat. Um, the other storyline follows the detective, Detective Ness, and he's kind of the you know only straight cop in a crooked town kind of thing. Um, the two threads intersect at the very end in a crazy, crazy way um, at the end of issue number one. The thing I loved about this book was the artwork, very evocative, um, very scratchy, very... Um, suited to the to the feel and the psychology of the book um for the killer scenes it's colored in blue and for the detective scenes it's colored in green and as those two scenes merge the green and the blue coloring kind of mix together in a very scratchy pattern which i thought was really cool um i did get to read issue two it's going to get released tomorrow and I thought that issue one was crazy. Issue two takes it in a completely different way. There's a lot more um, fantastical things that happen, uh, particularly at the end of that. So Victory City, both one and two, released back-to-back from IDW. Uh, One was last week. Two comes out today, I guess, Wednesday. Um, So, yeah, great new series there. Uh, The other book that I got to read was Boom put out the um, first volume of Curbstomp from Ryan Ferrier, who we you guys talk about on the show often, um, with art by Devaki Nyogi. Nyogi? Uh, it's kind of like the film Warriors. There's a bunch of gangs in um, the shore town and but the gang that we follow is a gang of all girls who are defending their town. They have names like Machete Betty and uh, Violet Volts and things like that. And uh, you see these women interact and protect their families and things like that uh, and go up against, you know, what's going on in their town. The art is spectacular, very Michael Allred in terms of the pop, um, pop style. Um, it's a great book. Uh, one of the reviews, I think John did the review for for the website and uh, was critical of some of the more um, cliched or uh, loose plot elements. And I would agree with some of that, um, but I also did enjoy kind of the more B-movie, very straightforward narrative of the book. Um, and the art is really just just stunning if you're into that. My Gallred stuff um, – what Curb Stomp offers is very nice too. It's four issues collected together from Boom came out last week. Uh, and that's it. That's all I was able to read. All right. Not bad. Yeah. That was How much time was that? Like three minutes and 10 seconds or something like that. Nice. <laughs> I didn't hear the bell go off. Yeah, because my, my, the volume of my phone was really, really low. <laughs> oh, cool. Bonus uh, time. Bonus, you got a little bonus time. Nailed um, it. You nailed it. <laughs> Curb Stomp was also brutal. I just read brutal comic books last week. It's a brutal um, week. That's the end of the marking period, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, actually, Joe, before we move on, run down those books one more time for the people that are listening. 
Uh, Victory City, spelled V-I-C-T-O-R-I-E, City, number one, came out last week. Number two comes out this Wednesday, today. Um, and the other one is Curb Stomp, uh, which just came out in trade last week from Boom. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Stephanie, since you were so quick to throw Joey Yo. to the fire, yeah, you have three minutes and go. All right. I read Book of Death, Valiant. Guys, I know. What? Oh. Um, so this is Robert Vendetti and some other person. I'm looking at my book read or my good book reads, good reads. So I totally did not see who did the art because it's not coming it up. up. Anyways, Book of Death, really good. Um Super enjoyed this despite not knowing anything about any of the characters at all. The little snippets that they gave me were enough to kind of follow along with the plot. And they didn't really um, delve into a lot of the backstory with them. So it was just kind of a fun romp. I mean, as fun of a book as you can get when it's called The Book of Death. Um, Really enjoyed it. And this is me... Attempting yet again to jump into the Valiant verse. Um, I finally read Daredevil Yellow for the first time ever. Okay. Um, that was freaking great, mm-hmm. uh, as you may be aware of for like the rest of the world who's probably read this already. <laughs> um, I haven't done a ton of um, back catalog reading of Daredevil aside from some of the Mark Wade stuff. So... This was an amazing, uh, just self-contained story. Although they definitely do reference quite a few things that I wasn't particularly aware of, like some deaths. Um, but you know, that being said, Marvel brings back and kills people constantly, so that really doesn't say anything. Um, I read Batman Volume Eight, super heavy. So that's the latest volume with um, Mister Bloom. And Bunny Robo Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a short arc for me. Like a lot of it, um, I read like the whole trade on um, NetGalley. So a lot of it for me was like that annual, and I didn't really care too much for that story. Um, I really wanted to learn more about Mr. Bloom, and I felt like it was a very evasive arc when it came to teaching us more um, and just when things were starting to get good they're like nah it's over um so i'm gonna have to get caught up with the latest batman which i believe joey you talked about last week i talked about it last week oh okay so that's the first issue following this arc right um no we are right in the middle of the last half of super heavy so um, I don't know how they broke it up in, in trade, but like it's really one long arc. I don't. I, they probably broke it up into two pieces for the trade. Okay, but it's yeah, really like an eight like, part it arc or something. Feel like there's a lot. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's like an eight part thing or whatever. So what was the issue you read last week? Uh, forty eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. This one ends at forty six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're two past that, but it's okay. But yeah, it's been going. It's this is the eighth issue of the arc I think we just did or something like oh, that. So that's so weird. Yeah, I don't know how okay. they broke it up. They, the annual might have broken it up in a weird way. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, um, I'm gonna guess that's probably has something to do with it because it felt very short to me. Like that that annual took up a big chunk of what I wanted to read about. Hmm. Interesting, Mister Bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I 
Mm, I don't want to spoil things, but um, this arc, for anyone who hasn't, like, who can't remember exactly where 46 ends off, is, like, when Batman is about to get canned. Yeah. And he does something to kind of <laughs> make him indisposable. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird to me that, I mean, I guess they they do that anyway because they want us, they want to, they don't want they to want take a to... year in between yeah. when they put out a trade of something. But, like, it's such a weird thing to cut in the middle because there is there is no big middle point to end it on. It's, it's very much like a continuing story. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. Like it just felt very abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Like most trades that I read at least have some sort of feel of a conclusion. Um, and this just didn't, didn't have that for me. And like, it's not to say that it's bad, but for somebody who wants to just read, like say the Mr. Blue Mark, this mm. is like so shitty. Mm-hmm. I think um, I know why. Why? Pardon? About- Okay, we've speculated. Not like not a shitty arc. It's right. a good story. It's just on DC's part themselves. It's a crappy way to have split it up. Right, the way they they put it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's what I mean. Yeah. Not Bus- in the sense. No, no, that no. It no. It's I think it's a business decision. Yeah. If we we've speculated, Scott Snyder run ends at fifty two. Yeah. Well, six issues. Oh, that's true. We now have the the end of his last book would mm-hmm. be the end of that next that's trade true. paperback. That's absolutely true. Good point. Yeah, but I still think. I mean, I, I don't know. No, I mean, it's it's story wise, obviously not a good place to oh, do yes, it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bob's just trying terrible. to come up with like the uh, why they would the philosophy behind that. it. Yeah. yeah, why not wait two issues or whatever yeah. and get it to yeah. a, a logical conclusion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I, I really liked the story, and but I I've been reading it. I I fell so behind with this. Um, but Mister Bloom seemed like a really interesting character to me, mm-hmm. um, to learn about, and I I. I fell off of this during um, zero year and uh, the end game stuff. Like I was just like, nah, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm tapped out of Joker stories. I got done. Um, I, I like, I think Scott Snyder really excels at creating new villains and kind of a new rogues gallery. Um, and that's what I wanted to continue seeing mm. with him. So Again, that's why I went back to this. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I went way past my three minutes, but to be fair, I don't have a book of the week. It's so. all right. So, uh, no, we, 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 we kind of all, jumped all start yeah. talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> you were right out of your three minutes when like we started talking. So it's all good. <laughs> phew, phew. Well, good. that was basically all I had to say anyways. <laughs> all right. Perfect. <laughs> um, I mean, there might be people out there. There's a lot of rumors going around right now about what's going on with DC. We're not really going to talk about them until something yeah somebody Concrete. other than bleeding cool talks about it like that's a, like I, I, <laughs> and i don't mean that i'm not even saying that as like a disparaging of them i have my thoughts about them but that's not even what this is about this is about the fact that like right now it's a rumor that has is not corroborated by any other site and until it's multiple corroborated multiple people or we have a source that says yeah this is also true i, I don't want to talk about it because why spend three hours talking about something that might not happen so i just don't want to get into it <laughs> there's only one word yeah uh all right Steve. Yeah. You've got three minutes on the clock. Wait. <laughs> okay. Electronics. Right. And go. So I got to uh, sit down last night and I actually checked out Rasputin number volume. Volume two. I told you I'm out. Number of volume. <laughs> so uh, volume two is called The Road to the White House. 
Uh, so this continues, obviously, the first volume of this awesome, awesome series uh, from Image Comics and Alex Grecian, Riley Rossimo on art, Ivan Placencia on colors, and Thomas Maurer, I believe, does the letters, if I'm not mistaken. Although I could be. I should probably look it up. But, um, yep, told you, letters. <laughs> Uh, it was really good. It was really, really good. I um, I really enjoyed the first arc. I, I emphasize that it's, for me, it's even though I'm really enjoying the story and kind of enjoying the spin on taking Rasputin and kind of picking apart um, his life and kind of what if it didn't end when everybody thought that it had ended? Like, you know, all the stories about him and the ways in which he was killed what if that wasn't enough? And he continued to live throughout our history. And this volume kind of explores, like, what if he inserted himself into different parts of history? He's like a magical Forrest Gump <laughs> of, of, you know, time. And, um, like, he was there, I don't want to spoil stuff, but, like, he's there politically. He he He's kind of like a Doctor Who in a sense of that. He, he turns the tide for wars and things like that. Like, if a an important leader was like gunned down on the battlefield. He fixed it. And we don't know that like once they were dead and then they continue to live in their reign for whatever. Um, super, super good. I'm a little confused that I can't find any word about a uh, issue number 11. Hmm. Um, the last panel or just the, the closing issue of this arc is semi final in that like it could end. It could be that we're just, we're just ending it here. Um, and I found myself extraordinarily frustrated with that because I read this in about 20 minutes, this whole trade, and all I wanted was more. Hmm. So I would love to see them keep going. Maybe they're going to announce something. I don't know. But uh, why are we watching goat videos? It, no, I was trying to send an emoji, and apparently Skype has like little videos that you can send as emojis. Well, that goat just took up 17 seconds Sorry, of my I'm time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to mention really quick is uh, The Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. Uh, this is from Dark Horse Comics, and uh, there's probably quite the the list of creators on this that I should have opened up the thing. Just a couple. Just a couple. You want to give some background while I'm looking at this, Bob? Jeff Darrow and Frank Miller. Yes. And colored by Dave Stewart. Yep, Dave Stewart serves. and Bill Spicer on uh, letters. Uh, in Japan, Japan decides that they're going to set off this ridiculous science experiment out of their own hubris, and they create uh, what we believed to be dinosaurs all the way back in the day, but they're much worse. And they attack, and we send out our, you know, best best efforts at destroying them, and all hell breaks loose. Um, I know I'm out of time. Super, super, super spectacular art. Um, the art in this book, the the I don't want to say particle effects because this is in video games, right, but yeah, like yeah. the particle effect equivalent mm -hmm. on page is absolutely insane. With like the buildings breaking apart and explosions and people getting eaten and all of these things, um, I really enjoyed it. The only negative that I would that I would say about it is the our two heroes, our two protagonists that were kind of taking care of this giant beast were really self-defeatist and like their their attitude towards themselves <laughs> and their efforts. And I thought that was really weird. Mm -hmm. Like much of their dialogue was, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do this. And if they failed, like even briefly, they were like ready to kill themselves over it. And I just thought that was a really strange um, approach to building heroes. This also feels like one piece of a much larger puzzle. And there weren't any more. Okay. Sadly, I think there's one extra story in a Dark Horse Presents fairly recently. 
Okay. But this was originally collected in a much giant-sized edition, sort yep. of a tabloid sort of thing. And even now, it's still pretty oversized. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, the art was out of this world. And um, the gallery in particular, like the covers gallery, was was wonderful uh, in the back. This huge, like almost 20-page gallery of, yeah. of all this cool stuff. It's giant robots and giant monsters. And so if you're a fan of things like Pacific Rim or Godzilla movies, it's yeah. right in your wheelhouse. It's like, it's like uh, Pacific Rim meets Astro Boy. Hmm. Perfect. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the Iron Giant makes an appearance. Right. Yeah, look, every, as, as buildings collapse, every brick is shown. Yeah. It's literally the yeah. most insane detail of any book you can imagine this side of George Perez. It really is insane. There's there's so much going on on every page. Um, really just one of those comics that, like, it, it starts off with a, with a big, you know, a big opening and, mm-hmm. and doesn't stop until it's over. And even then. Even then. <laughs> All right. Bob. Okey-dokey. Actually, Steve, run through those books that you talked oh, about. Oh, sorry. Right? Um, yeah, that yeah. was Rasputin, uh, Volume 2, and The Big Guy and the Rusty Boy Robot. No, Rusty the Boy Robot. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not the Rusty Boy Robot. It's <laughs> a very that's the, different story. That, yeah, that's the sequel. <laughs> After he gets wrecked and he just falls apart in a junkyard. And uh, Volume 2 is, is entitled The Road to the White House. Gotcha. Oh, and I'll go back. Uh, Book of Death, Stephanie. Uh, art by Robert Gill and Doug Braithwaite. Thank you. Artist on Book of Death. I, I feel crappy when I don't remember to write down. Like, I write down my books in preparation, and I really need to start writing down, like, the teens mm-hmm. so that I'm not like, I don't know. <laughs> Whoops. That was a good story. Now we do. <laughs> now we do know. Yes. <laughs> we all experienced it. All right. Uh, Bob, you have three minutes, and go. I'm going to start with Hench Girl number four, which is a series I've talked about a few times here. Without losing any of its oddball charms, writer and artist Kristen Gudsnuck continues to deepen the emotional content. And, and it's just a superhero satire, but there's lots of other stuff going on. I don't want to spoil anything, but for those interested, her art is sort of a cross between Brooke Allen of Lumberjanes and Kate Beaton. So anyone who's kind of a fan of that might find this worth their dollar. As long as I'm on the topic of art, Art Ops number four came out this week, and this continues to move along some really odd pathways. For instance, in this issue, the Mona Lisa, free from the constraints of her frame, is now a punk rock chick. We pay a visit to the art prison hidden inside the cube on Astor Place in Greenwich Village, and I always knew there was something going on there. (laughs) And it finishes off with a tour inside a bowl of breakfast cereal that turns into an outer space ray gun duel. Now, (laughs) you can't want more than that for books. This is by Sean Simon, Michael Lohr, Ulred, and Matt Brundage. I'll finish off with three quick hits on some fringier Marvel books that I'm getting a big kick out of. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number three. It's by Amy Reader, Brandon Monclair, and Natasha Bustos. And it just continues to build a world in a very organic way as through interactions with schoolmates and her parents. We're learning what a really special young lady, Luella Lafayette, is without having any superpowers as yet because she's struggling to find a way to avoid becoming inhuman. And while doing that, she has to juggle the whole concept of there's a giant T-Rex from the past, red, running around, and cave people trying to kidnap her. And, you know, it all happens in New York, so what the heck. It's, <laughs> uh, we, we, we're used to those things. Squirrel Girl number four, Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Uh, Doreen's still trapped in the 60s where she battles Dr. Doom who's, and trying to prevent him from altering the timeline into one that you know fits his fancy that includes landmarks like the New York public Doomberry, Mount Doommore, and the Sydney Doom House, which features opera. <laughs> uh, then there's Spider-Woman number three by Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez, and it's impossible to do the craziness justice in just a few 
words here. So this features the very pregnant Jessica Drew as she fights her way through a platoon of scrolls who sees the situated in a black hole maternity hospital that Carol Danvers has sent her to. <laughs> you don't need to say much more than that. Look, it could have been an uneventful delivery, but no, this is comics. And what the heck? It's fun. I didn't know where this would go when this launched with you know a pregnant Spider-Woman. It's just hysterically funny and still carries her heroism forward that we saw in the last run by the same creative team. So Spider-Woman number three. All right. 30 seconds left for Bob. <laughs> um, I'm trying to make up for that time I went over. What, yesterday? I mean, last week, you mean? Yeah, two weeks ago. Two, oh, two weeks ago? Two now? weeks ago. Gotcha. You were, you were still rusty at that point. We had yes, yeah, a couple we were weeks gone off. for a month. Yeah, a couple of weeks off. Um, all right, I'll use my three minutes here and go. Um, newest issue of Saga came out this week. Interesting... Um, couple characters we haven't seen in a in a while uh kind of take center stage we're sort of away from our our main players uh it was a good issue it's not one of my favorite issues of the series i think that the the, the two characters are very interesting um and i think that if you were reading this collected it would be a very cool like little change up mm-hmm. but for me like i and the, he's always done this he's always gone away from the main characters um and it, it's not it's a, a a not my favorite issue of saga is still better than almost every other book that that comes out uh but it just wasn't the series has been a very big high for me and this was not as high as as those highs have been though though the sort of like next time on saga thing has a character coming back who i'm very excited about so i'll be i'm I'm happy oh yeah yeah (laughs) you should have talked about this last damn it (laughs) because that is gonna be fun um and uh i mean but what i do like about going with our characters is we do get to grow this huge universe e- even more than we already have. And, and it's interesting to me to see the stuff outside of the sort of main conflict going on and what sort of how other people view the, the sort of the, the galactic war that's happening mm-hmm. and the little like drama that's been happening, how, how they, how they sort of perceive it. That That is interesting. Um, but uh, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like a all cylinders type of issue for me. And the other guy I want to talk about, it's not even a comic book, but I just want to say, um, we talked a little bit off air, but Legends of Tomorrow now has the, the both parts of the pilot yeah. have aired at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, and I think it's a really enjoyable, fun show. I think it, uh, it's got a little bit of, it's a little, still a little clunky. It's still, something, it's, I think, finding its footing in, in some ways. There's a lot of characters and the, 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 both episodes move so quickly and are kind of doing are laying so much pipe and doing so much heavy lifting. I'm gonna mix a lot of metaphors together that uh, yeah. that it, you know it doesn't really get time to kind of focus on any one or two characters. Uh, I think the, the uh, I'd say the characters they focus most on are definitely the the Hawks. I, I, I would say mm-hmm. um, to good effect. I like them both very much. I'm looking forward to when the show sort of gets a chance to settle down and we get to sort of get in like you know character focused episodes with everything. But yeah. I I really enjoy all these people. I'm excited that you know, Katie Lutz is on the show. Brandon Routh on the show. I love but Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell are on the show. It's great to have uh, Rory uh, Arthur Darville at, at playing his own Doctor Who in in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm and the effects so far have been really great as well. Yeah. It's it's looked like a really really good show, and it's the most crazy ass comic book thing i've ever seen on a television so it's very cool in that way i'm looking forward to seeing how the show sort of finds its footing and matures over over its first season i've been trying to catch up with like i i watched the first episode and um it obviously spoiled a lot for me if i hadn't 
been caught up with Arrow and The Flash, which yeah. I hadn't. Yeah. So I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going to keep watching this, but note to self, forget everything I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went back and watched The Flash, and now I'm about four episodes. I just finished the fourth episode of Arrow before we um, started recording. Gotcha. And they're all so solid right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, They're all doing a really bang up job of being um different versions of the comics but equally um on point mm -hmm. it's yeah. really nice to see um and laurel thea like the women in arrow are finally not awful um they still have these moments like in episode four i was kind of like laurel um <laughs> but like generally i really like um the show's turnaround and um it's it feels like the dc you is really maturing mm -hmm. and not in a way where we're like we're mature we have to get dark um <laughs> in like, fact it's kind of the opposite yeah, yeah it's like okay i get it maybe we don't have to take it all so seriously mm -hmm. like it's a lot of fun like katie lots's lines in legends of tomorrow are like fantastic she's you know left on the ship and um you know, they're like, what should we do? She's like, let's go get weird in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah, uh, I think Arrow this year has really found a good balance because it's still it's still more serious than The Flash. You know, it's, it's more more but, dark, but it's found it's a way to inject fun in, into yeah, that a lot more. I yeah. like Ollie's turn, too. Yes. Like, it's like Ollie's finally like, oh, I can have things. Mm -hmm. I can have nice things. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Let's get this vase. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The vase is a metaphor. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, Arrow, a good, great villain too. Uh, Damien Dark has been a great yeah, villain on, on Arrow. Yeah. The guy's eyes, man. Yeah. And I really like the turn yeah. with Detective Lance. Like we yeah. had like a really holier than thou kind of look at him. I mean, he had his demons, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like he's, they, they haven't made it a secret that he's been battling like alcoholism in the show. Mm -hmm. um, but like, he still had this kind of high moral um, ground that he's kind of stood on high above the arrow. And now I like that they're kind of on the same level. Yeah, absolutely. They've done a lot of good uh, stuff, a lot, a lot of smart stuff with the characters. Um, that and show. I really agree with you about Saga too. Like I didn't love this issue mostly because I wanted a continuation of what I had in the last issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, you're right. Like I think it would have played in a lot better in a trade and you still get like a lot of information because like the last couple of issues without spoiling anything, you know, have been focused on um, Alana and Marco coming together and trying to pursue hazel yeah. and then this is like you kind of almost forget that people are pursuing all of them right yeah it's and funny this kind of brings it to that because these two characters i loved that issue that they had i don't know i think i don't know if it was the last arc or the arc before that um when these two characters were there before uh and i loved that arc and so it's it, it surprised me that i didn't end up loving the issue as much because when i saw it was them i was like oh awesome i haven't we haven't been back with these two in a really long time and i kind of like their like intergalactic you know like uh like all the president's men sort of thing they've got <laughs> going on but yeah, yeah yeah but that last but the but the next time on saga got me excited 
Um, Bob, this is just yes, as a sidebar. Um, Bandette number 12 came out last week. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which means there'll be a new little hardcover soon. Yeah. And I just looked at the genres on Comixology, and one of the genres that uh, they have it listed under is leading ladies. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Very so I just thought you that. would like that. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's, it's comedy, crime, and leading ladies. <laughs> hmm, who else is in that category? <laughs> I don't know. I will find we'll out. We'll have get to find to out. Yeah. Could be a whole new set. Oh, there's of a lot of really cool things. They actually have. This is. I know. I, I really didn't mean this to be a thing. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but you actually click on uh, genres and leading ladies, and you get a lot of fantastic books. <laughs> like there's two sisters. There's a lot of comicsology submit a force, like Abigail and the Snowman. Guys, you got to check this out. This is great, <laughs> legit great. Kudos oh, yeah. to the guy that moderates those tags. Yeah, yeah. Or lady. There's Guys. alias in here too. Like, this is a really excellent. Um. This is a great resource. Way to go with the metadata, Comixology. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, all right. So, Bob. Mm-hmm. Catch everybody up. Our book of the week discussion is more freeform now. It's more just like, let's just let's just have a chat. Yeah. Do you, uh, Bob, I, do you want to go positive or do you want to go negative? I think we should end on a positive. Okay. And it's not, a, it's not negative negative. It's... Huh? Yeah. Well, it's funny because we've had a couple. Um, we, we're doing a lot of listener questions to, today. Um, one of the it wasn't a question per se. I got an email that was kind of like, "Hey, I know you dropped. You guys were kind of, kind of disenchanted with sort of the big franchises like X Men and Avengers. Just want to let you know, like this X Men book has gotten a lot better. Blah blah blah, whatever. But we've expressed like you know, kind of with the big, the kind of the big two, the big two franchises at Marvel. Uh, uh, we've been sort of disenchanted with them in some ways, and you're talking about one of them today, obviously. Yes, it is all new, all different Avengers. We are to number four. It is Mark Wade and Mahmoud Asar. And as we were talking about Captain Marvel last week, this is not a bad book, mm -hmm. but considering it's Mark Wade, who has knocked every character out of the box, just honestly nailed what makes the characters work and gives you interesting new villains and tells an engaging story. Even when nothing seems to be going on, it is all wonderful and fun to read. And this is just striking me as very uninvolving. Mm. I know we talked about the first issue as a villain that who really cared. Mm -hmm. It turned out it's a Shatari warlord come here to create chaos, which they all do. And it just, I'm, I'm not captured. I thought here starting this new arc, we'd, we have an interesting new villain, and we have, eh. Mm doesn't challenge the team really they should be able to just sort of take him out and they kind of do it's quite the creative team i'm surprised yeah. that it's it's not you know the book barking up your tree right, the book looks lovely mm -hmm. it reads okay it's just not what i want it to be I, I also amazingly enough considering it is mark wade i'm finding now something may be going on with thor but not reading quite the way mm. Jason Aaron's does. And same sort of with Kamala. She seems awfully angry hmm. where you think she'd be more, wow, I'm loving, I'm an Avenger. I get to be fangirl Supreme and I'm hanging out and I'll do my best as she does in her own book. And it's sort of, she's really not happy with uh, the new Nova. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's just, just a little off. I will keep moving on with it a little bit, but 
for now, to me, A Force is is a much more entertaining Avengers book. Al Ewing's Ultimate, which followed from his Mighty Avengers, which had become my Avengers book coming down the end of time running out, which couldn't have happened faster, <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't know. What does everybody else think? Is everyone caught up still with all new, all different? Bob, honestly, I didn't. I read the first issue and then didn't, I didn't read any mm-hmm. of the others. You know, Same here. Uh, I, I just I it didn't it bounced off me. You know, I I bounced off of it very easily, and again, like you said, it being Mark Wade, I wouldn't expect that to be the case. But it just there was nothing about it that that grabbed me. Um, and, and when it came up the next month, I just that thing, little thing inside of me yeah. said, "Nope, this is not. You don't need to buy this this month." Uh, I I wonder too if it if any you're talking about as far as. Again, it doesn't excuse the book being bad at all. If the book's not good, it, you shouldn't be putting it out. But it's like, if there's some sort of dictum from on high to keep things in sort of like a holding pattern in, until mm-hmm. everything else got sorted out. I mean, we saw sort of stuff like happen when books launched in the middle of like Spider-Verse, stuff like with Spider-Woman in, during Spider-Verse and stuff like that. I, I don't, I'm not giving no, anybody but, a pass. But, but it just, could be, right. Yeah, yeah. We can't introduce this villain because we don't have the groundwork laid to go Yeah, through. or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Or we can't go into the larger sort of picture of what the universe is until until this is over or that's over. I, I don't know, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder if, if that's the case or if this is just kind of the direction they're taking the book. Was it just going to be sort of, you know, sort of just very surface level, you know, jump in, jump out type type of book? Yeah. I, I don't know if, that, if that's the case. If this is the mainstream Avengers book, which I'm assuming it is, that seems an odd strategy, but yeah. it, the book reads as if that's what's going on. Yeah, I mean... And that's it. It's interesting because... It doesn't feel like, not even not feeling like even in the in the content of the book, just in sort of the way that it gets publicized or anything. It doesn't it doesn't feel like to me that it's the 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 centerpiece book of of the, their biggest yeah. franchise. I I don't know if there's something else that's going to be announced or coming down the pipe at some point. I don't know, but. Uh, I I wonder what what perhaps with the news well Steve Rogers coming back that will yeah. create another Avengers book mm-hmm. we need some more how many I, <laughs> like five I I I just wonder if if internally they have the same sort of obviously like kind of pre Secret Wars stuff um, really since I guess Bendis took over the book on yeah. through that Avengers have kind of become became the centerpiece of the Marvel Universe uh, and I don't know if they're looking to transition that anyway I wouldn't think so because the movies come such in, huge right. movies but I, I I don't know and what would it be here's the thing what would it transition into I don't if know they, if they're backing away from X-Men yeah. slightly not not a lot there's yeah. still tons of X-Books Fantastic Four is gone mm-hmm. Inhumans that's uh, yeah. yeah does that have enough traction with people it doesn't but maybe they're trying to build it in some way i or maybe they're just not this this goes against the kind of what they're publishing but maybe they're they're not focusing it in that way anymore maybe they're doing it more character individual character focused i have some great characters here yeah but there's no fun yeah interaction going on even snarkily is that a word it is now it can be snarkily yeah I've 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 pre-ordered. I guess it's two more. Okay, and that will be my. I'll pick it up as I go. Uh, that's uh, there's another tough one. I mean, I would like our our listeners to correct me because we're only like five people sitting in a room, yeah. obviously. But it feels like to me that all of the major, I'm um, air quotes major Avengers, X Men, even the mainline Spider Man book up until the one that's coming out this. 
this week, obviously, which I'm very excited about, but um, have kind of been met with a lot of indifference, it, it, it seemed, you know, not any sort of outright um, disdain, I don't think, but just a, a lot of indifference. Um, I mean, it's sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Joey. I mean, it's it's kind of something that, that we talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago where it's like the books that stand out in the Marvel line right now are, and it's the same thing kind of on the DC side too, but you know, are the ones that feel more personal, feel more like passion projects. I mean, you talk about squirrel girl all the time, you know, squirrel girl and all new, all different Avengers are coming out from the same publisher. But the one that's getting the acclaim is the squirrel girls, you know, squirrel girl, uh, you know, those kind of more, creator driven but they mm-hmm. feel more like that so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that's where the 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 interest is and maybe those big team books i mean i i, I jumped off all of the x-men books and i've been reading x-men books for a decade almost and i jumped all of them to read instead all new all different hawkeye and miss mm-hmm. marvel and those kind of smaller more character driven books so yeah i mean it's it's strange but that's where the good storytelling is i don't know steve you're gonna say something before joey i was you don't you remember it um oh i'm talking about spider-man yeah. uh i yeah i've read the first i guess the first four issues of uh dan slot's spider-man one of the things i think about with with that series uh and you know please correct me if i'm wrong or if this is just par for the course i don't know but um like Dan Slott's still writing it, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been writing it for a long time at this point. And as much as I really have enjoyed the first issues that I read, like I, I had been on the podcast and I said, I think it was issues two and three had me in tears, like laughing mm-hmm. my ass off. It kind of took on a little bit of that like Nick Spencer, Ant-Man, Superior Foes vibe, just in terms of the comedy, not in terms of like story structure and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um but it is also, as much as it is very much Spider-Man, it is very much Dan Slott's Spider-Man in that everything that's happening in it or going on in it, if you haven't been paying attention to the last couple of years of Spider-Man, I wouldn't imagine that it's the most welcoming of the mm. Spider-Verse. Like, I know there's several other books, but it's just entrenched in, like, this happened here mm-hmm. and, like, going all the way back to Spider-Island. It's like, Spider-Island yeah. was a long time ago. And then you manage to brilliantly tie it into like the most recent thing going, but you're talking about years of planning. And now you have this relaunch where people think that they can jump on. But with that particular book, you're still dealing with a lot of fallout from other things. Yeah. And it spends it spends a lot of time trying to catch people up and explain itself that it doesn't really propel the story now forward very well. Um but still very enjoyable and still very funny. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, especially with with the big two books, if you like, you know, one of their like main vein heroes, there's so many options now and spinoff books and, and solo books that people now have the choice to go and follow their favorite characters and maybe leave other characters behind because they know that they'll always be there. Right. Um but yeah, it's it's interesting to me that that stuff has happened, and you know, it can it all that stuff can turn around, uh, you know, very, not quickly, but can turn around, and you know, you could be talking a year from now and saying this book, all new Avengers, turned into a great book after six issues, mm-hmm. you know, or the X X X Men book turned yeah. into a good book after so many issues. But um, right now, I think I agree with Joey. I think that there are plenty of books coming out that I enjoy, but they're they're all and they're not necessarily small books. Like I think. 
I, I love Invincible Iron Man. I think Invincible Iron Man is great. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing small about that book. It's one of the bigger characters, the biggest, one of the bigger creators. That's a, uh, Doctor Strange, Spider-Woman, all those books I really, really enjoy. But, uh, yeah, it's it, I, I was looking forward to sort of getting a number one Avengers book and sort of hopefully following it through to whatever that run ended up being and just hasn't hasn't happened yet. So I think it also has to do a little bit with like your circle of influence and the fact that we are a part of a of a community that something's falling in the sky. Um <laughs> or part of a part of a community that that enjoys their diversity and 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 in small ways kind of likes to root for the little guy. And when you find solo books that really do shine and perhaps a little bit more so because they're they're singular and they're not so bogged down by trying to make sure everybody has their moment or introducing like this huge world ending big bad you're you're focusing down on you know hero versus villain and it being very like localized mm-hmm. to that book yeah absolutely and um i think sometimes people just need a break from the the stuff i mean we've had event after event and um, something like all new, all different Avengers and even some of the X-Men books. I'm not reading any of them right now because mm. I just, there are other things going on. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just, I, there are, like before the, the relaunch happened, like I was still reading all the Bennis X-Men books and stuff like that. And I was really in, enjoying them. So, I, you know, I, I'm really, I'm all in for a team book. I, I, I obviously, I don't want things to be, everything has, doesn't have to be tied to some universe spanning event. But I would yeah. like to read and like, just like I read Justice League and Justice League is like, the one thing I'll say about DC that they've been very smart about is that like there's a bunch of crazy crap happening in Justice League, but you but it doesn't really carry over into Batman or into Superman or into Wonder Woman. It just sort of like if you want to read this crazy Justice League story, here you go. And yeah, it happens somewhere in the in the continuity of the timeline, but it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like it's not happening right now where you know all your books are being sort of like tossed up into into a, like a into a big mess so you can you have to kind of shuffle around what you're reading just like here's an awesome big huge story yep. and yeah. if you want to read that great and if you don't want to read that kind of here go read the solo books with, with everybody I, I think they have a very good approach to that right now i got totally knocked off of my horse with um we are robin mm-hmm. like i was really enjoying that and then they had that robin war yeah. event and i got part one and enjoyed kind of like the launch and the idea of that mm-hmm. And then it was like six to eight books all over the map, and then they put out part two, and now we're back to you know whatever number that we're at. But I have yet to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Events, man. Events. <laughs> sometimes they're good. Sometimes not I don't so know. good. More coming. Oh, always. there's always there's always another one. There's always the more. Um, <laughs> uh, going from the biggest publisher to uh, a little a little tiny publisher. Yeah. Uh, we've been. Uh, Bob has been singing the praises of, of insects the last uh, couple of months mm-hmm. uh, from a new publisher called Aftershock. And uh, you've got another book, Steve. Yeah, man. Aftershock is uh, quite the, the little company. They got a lot of people on their uh, on their roster. There's a thing in the back here where they're showing you a bunch of their contributing people. And I mean, you got Garth Ennis on here, Paul Jenkins. Uh, I read, um, I'm not going to talk about it at length, but I read the Justin well, Jordan. What's can up? I just... Before you dive into the book, yeah, Aftershock, yeah. it's new. Like, it's been around for, like, the last six months or so. But, mm-hmm. like, Mike, it's headed up by Mike Martz, yeah. who oh. is formerly of Marvel and DC. Yes. Ah. Uh, and then you have Joe Pruitt, um, who uh, is the publisher there. So he is an Eisner-winning editor, publisher, and a writer. 
Nice. Um, he's been uh, nominated for like a ton of Eisner's, a ton of Harvey's, mm-hmm. uh, for all of the things he's worked on, in, like um, in terms of like writer, editor, publisher. Um, and then you have like a ton of other names that you may not know off of the top of your head, but like have been around for a very long time in varying roles. Mm-hmm. So all of these people have connections basically that they've been building up for like the last however many years they've been in the industry and now they're calling them friend favors they're like you want new image you want like image but better aftershock (laughs) carry on thanks awesome um yeah i checked out uh strayer from uh justin jordan and uh and stuff it was uh not quite luther strode but definitely in that vein. So if you're if you're a fan of that series, you might want to check that out. That's also from Aftershock. But the book that I wanted to talk about today uh, is called Super Zero, and I read Super Zero's number one and two. Uh, the creative team on this it is uh, created and written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, the art is by Rafael De La Torre, uh, and colors by Marcelo uh, Maiolo. I think I got that right. Uh, and John J. Hill on letters. So I I bought this seeing the names on the cover mm-hmm. and I liked the cover art. I was like, oh, you know, Amanda Connor, awesome. And I brought it home and I opened it up and I looked at the first page and I saw how much text was on this <laughs> was on this page. And I was like, Oh, it's one of those. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I just, I have to mentally steal myself to sit down and read a book that is really dialogue heavy. So, and I'm turning the pages and I mean, huge dialogue bubbles, right? It's a lot. It is. So I sat down and I'm like, all right, here we go. And I found that even from the first page that I was super entertained and super engaged in what was happening and the characters and kind of the the plot of this story, like right away. And I read it, read it all the way to the end in one sitting, ta-da, <laughs> and then promptly purchased uh, issue number two on Comixology and read that, and it was just as good as the first. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the setup for Super Zero is you have a young high school student by the name of Drusilla, and she is somebody who basically has read all of the comic books and believes that superheroes are a thing that can be real. Mm -hmm. But it's all a matter of what your origin story is. And if you're going on in life and that story hasn't happened to you yet and and you haven't become a superhero, you have to kind of manipulate the events in your life to kind of create a situation for yourself where you can then be not only become, but you can be considered a superhero by mm-hmm. your city and your your peers and stuff like that. So what Drusilla does is she puts together this really poorly plotted uh, <laughs> plan to make herself a superhero by- That was hiring... great alliteration, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> so- A plus. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. So she she finds a a, a, a homeless dude yeah. in the street by the name of Wax. And she asks him, she goes, I need you to, to do me a favor. I need you to mug my parents. And he's like, what? Why? So she figures that the way that Batman became Batman <laughs> mm-hmm. was right, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. the, the whole thing. So 
So her together with like one of her high school friends and stuff like that, um, they put together this plot and it just goes in a completely different direction than she thought it would. She's a very misguided young woman, but her heart's her heart's in the right place if her her the execution of the thoughts in her brain aren't necessarily at their best. And um I mean getting to to more of the art side of the book, the book is really gorgeous. It's got kind of this like glowing soft palette that is not unlike the art in um Jim Zub's Wayward mm. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like kind of like a little bit of that yeah. anime style to mm-hmm. it. Uh, she's got this super overactive imagination that she she is a superhero in her own mind. So there she, is like, so much text on those pages. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it's all really, like, it's all really good. Like, it's all character building, mm-hmm. relationships. I mean, you get to know, like, an entire cast of of characters and then some just in the first issue. And one of my favorite aspects about, you know, reading this book is when you're reading younger characters and stuff, I like characters that even if they have over overactive imaginations and their their actions are kind of crazy, they still sound like kids. And she sounds very much like a comic book reading younger woman. Like the dialogue, especially when she's talking to her friend, is completely on point with what I hear and see every day like it's not this weird um impersonation of like how kids talk Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and um it's interesting to read a book about a character who wants to be a hero and does a lot of anti-hero things in the process of trying to become one and uh without any spoilers the last page of the second issue really kind of opens up the floodgates for there to be some really kind of mysterious things. We find out that one of our main players is more than they have let on. And uh, things are about to get super interesting for Drusilla. Um, I just really enjoyed it. It was one of those things that I I sat down and was kind of hanging my head about reading it because of all the text. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that that always scares me, but it's just, you know what I mean. In a first, yeah. it, it, it definitely scares me, especially in a first issue. In a first issue of something, if I see that text, I'm like, "Is this going to be worth it?" Like that's like that, that's the thing I think like almost right away yeah. when I see that. Um, and the the art is gorgeous inside of, inside of the book. It's one of those things, funny things though that Amanda Connor does great covers, but it almost is like a disservice to the book to have her cover and then like. Uh, the inside Anybody not be yeah. just because like I when I see the cover like that's what I want the book to look like yeah you know Agreed. even because the, yeah. the art that's in here is ab- is stunning but I still I'm like oh wow I wish it looked like the the cover of the book I think that every time I look at a Harley every time I look at Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn same, I think the same thing it does look like wayward you're absolutely right a lot of dialogue man it's a lot of dialogue that's a lot I had the same thing I, I didn't talk about it at all but I had the same thing reading um, Faith number one yeah I read yeah. that too there was a lot of dialogue like, a lot of and I was like I. Like I can't get into the flow of of, of this book um, because I, I I'm every I come to a wall of dialogue every every I page. Didn't, yeah, I actually I read that too mm. uh, over the past week, and I, I didn't warm to it as much yeah. as I had anticipated mm. that I would. Um, and it's it's like with dialogue for me, I, I I read before I go to bed, but like I also read comics before I go to bed, and you know like when it doesn't flow well like i just find a glaze over everything and i'm just like i've been reading i've read this entire issue but i couldn't tell you a single thing that happened i am like, right there with you yeah. i do the same thing stephanie i'm often i read most of my comics 
like as I'm going to bed. And I get that same thing happens to me all the when with books like that. Yeah. And if it's like too wordy, it's just too much. Like, like you know, I, I think Bobby, you and I work like very long shifts sometimes. You more so than me. And you know, like after your brain is just mush by the end of the day, like it's just <laughs> too much yeah. to yeah. kind of process. Absolutely, a- absolutely. Um, and you know, there are obviously exceptions to every every rule, and there are times where like those. You get you read those bits of dialogue and it ends up being mm-hmm. wonderful. But it's just it, it's a very it's funny too because we all we all read book books and all they are is text. But it's like yeah. it, it's just a different mental state that you're in when when yeah. you when you come to a comic book. Yeah, and again, you open the page up and see a page of text. Mm-hmm. You're you're not reading it yet. It's just stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that stuff is <laughs> off but it's like wait. Well, it's a like minute. yeah. I mean, like as far as like where my where my mind is at. Like I talked about that book uh Cruising Through the Louvre mm. uh last week. And that was you know, by all means a visual mm-hmm. book. There was very little dialogue or even something like Rasputin where there is dialogue, there is story and there's there's enough of it, but it's mostly about the the artwork of Raleigh Roswell. Like if you had no words in that book, you could still tell that mm-hmm. story. And um so then you go and you read something like that and you have this nice like visual tour and you're like, ah, how nice. <laughs> and then you know that you have something like Super Zero sitting on your pile and it's next. And you just have to like, you know, all right, let's go and you know get get a deep drink. Breath, yeah. yeah, deep breath, go to the go to the refrigerator, <laughs> grab a little something to drink and you know, hunker down and that's how I, I I set myself up for things like this, and I just I picked this up, and I started reading, and from the very first page, rather than feeling like oh my god, there's still like thirty something pages of this huge thing, yeah. I just really clicked with it, and and I I enjoyed it right through into the next issue, and I'm I'm very much anticipating number three. Awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah it's Super Zero from Amanda Connor Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti Aftershock Comics. Cool. Very cool. Um, Joey. Yes. We both uh, read Cry Havoc. Ah. Yeah, man, I blasted through it today. Yeah, it was cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, Simon Spurrier is the is the writer. Uh, Ryan Kelly is pictures is how he's credited in the in in the credits and uh and colors cadre of colorists yeah nick nick filardi does the london does the stuff in london lee lowridge does the red place and matt wilson does uh scenes in afghanistan so that's like top of the pops there man you got matt wilson yeah. <laughs> lee Lowridge, nuts yeah i know um so the biggest thing I, I will say too, and Stephanie also read the book. She made sure to tell me that in the Skype uh, chat. <laughs> yeah, I had a bold things apparently in my excitement. Uh, you know, I I didn't know. I, I knew it was some sort of werewolf story. That that's really all I knew about the book. And um, I was I like Si I like Simon Spurrier, but I didn't really have. I don't know. I didn't have high expectations for whatever reason. And and I'd heard nothing but good things about it, but I, I went into it sort of just, I'm just going to read this book and then we'll, we'll see what happens. And it really surprised the hell out of me. Just the inventiveness of the structure of, of the plot and the way that it plays with the kind of werewolf conventions a, a, as well. Um, and, you know, it's very, um, non-sequential as far as storytelling goes. We're hopping from time period to time period to time period, sort of getting little snippets of this this character. And it was 
it was a really effective way to bring me through the story and it, it made something that uh, you know werewolf stories are not as popular as a lot of the other sort of genre conventions in, in horror that we've seen in the last couple of years but in my lifetime i've seen a lot of werewolf stories and th- this one did something different that i wasn't expecting and uh i i really really enjoyed it i don't know um joey what what, what were your thoughts about it I felt the same way. I picked it up because, you know, people were talking about it over the last week, and I was like, all right, cool. Cyspiria, werewolves, sounds cool. I'll read it. Um, and I was expecting kind of a, a, a horror book. You know, that's kind of what the, the cover leads you to believe and, and what the genre leads you to believe. But it's really it's really not that. You yeah. know, it goes into very different places. There's, you know, um, military aspects to it, and there's this whole kind of political intrigue behind it and, and the way that it jumps around. Um, it was a completely different book than what I was expecting to kind of sit down with. Um, even given the the kind of opening page, which sets you up to kind of feel that horror genre, but then where it goes in the pages that follow is just... Uh, all over the map, but in a good way. You know, it, it was really surprising from page to page to page, and it kept me turning. You know, it kept me um, engaged throughout. I think that uh, you know our lead character is really interesting. I think that the artwork, in particular, was stunning. The way that they illustrate the kind of werewolf ideas, um, and I didn't even realize the multiple colorists until after I finished the book. Mm. Um, and then obviously I was like, oh, these colors, this is awesome. But, you know, the way that they divide that, the, the, the way that they change over between, you know, the different colorists and the way that they divide the, the narrative into kind of the different color uh, patterns was really expertly done. Uh, the way that they colored in the gutters, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't see that. You usually yeah. see white or black, but the way that they do blue and red and gold mm-hmm. gutters for for the, the page layouts, I was just like, "What? This book is is really kind of expertly crafted." You know, that's something I've been really interested in the last couple of books I've read, like how a book is crafted from you know top to bottom. And uh, Cry Havoc was just definitely one of those. Um, and I love the annotations in the back. Yeah, so Superior kind of goes page by page and explains stuff. So back matter, front cover to cover, you're getting a really well-made comic book. And I think that's important. Yeah, and it's really, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't really look at the credits so much before I start reading the book. I kind of like, go, let's go to the first page and go. And then after the book is over, uh, I'll look over and I'm like, oh, who did this? Who did that? And the same thing, Joey, it, it's pretty insane. It's a really great showing of how much difference a colorist makes um, for what you see in the finished product. Because the way the Afghanistan stuff looks compared to the way the other stuff, the like the London stuff looks to the Red Room stuff looks, they're like completely different. Like you, if you told me they were different pencilers, I would have believed you. In, in, yeah. In, if you had told me that, it's amazing to me that the difference in them. Uh, my favorite is probably the the Afghanistan uh, look. It's probably my favorite of, of them all. But you're absolutely right. It, it's got sort of, I don't know how to explain it. it um, it, it's got this sort of like epic epic feel to it. That, but not an epic like you know like a western, mm-hmm. but an epic you'd see in the more modern age, like a like a all I, all I keep thinking of is like traffic or like a drug, like a drug trade epic where it's like going from these Sicario. like, Sic- like Sicario, exactly. Where you're going to these different places um, and there's just all these different facets of the story, but they all belong together in, in, in some way. It's a very impressive first issue of, of a book. Uh, Stephanie, w- what were your thoughts? I really, 
really enjoyed it. I thought it was super interesting. And again, um, in a time when a lot of this, um, these supernatural creatures are being used in a lot of different ways, it's it's really great to see new takes on them still. And not necessarily new takes entirely. Like um, these ones are very much steeped in like, you know, myth, like proper myth that's been there as, as explained in the annotations, like the very, very, very detailed annotations. Um, I thought that it was a really interesting story, both from the supernatural perspective, um, from the perspective of what they're doing with those um, supernaturals, and then also um, on her personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, all those were kind of the three big um, components of it to me. And I thought it nailed all of them in the first issue. Um, I was talking uh, with this about, or talking about this issue with a friend last week, and he was kind of like annoyed. He was like about the annotations. And I was like, it's like a bonus thing. Like, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Like, it's not in the book. You know, it's at the back. If you want to like know more about the characters, you don't have to wait for like the trade. You don't have to wait for like a deluxe edition. It's all there. Um, And I was like, I was like baffled that anyone wouldn't like all of these cool extras that they're throwing in there. Like he clearly put so much work into this. Yeah. And I thought that that cover was very James Jean-ish. Um, like that wolf cover, obviously there was a couple variants as well, mm. but um, the main cover, who uh, who did the main cover? Ryan Kelly did the main cover. Yeah, it yeah. looks very James Jean-y. Um, I thought it was an excellent start and the colorists... Um, you're right. Like it just made a huge world of difference. Um, and you, you wouldn't necessarily think that, but it was a really incredible, um, thing to do instead of getting like numerous pencilers, like switch up the colorists. Yeah. And I think it's another advocate, you know, like Yannick Paquette a couple of years ago, um, really helped set in motion colorists being billed on, um, the front of books and I think this book really showcases why mm-hmm. yeah and I, I do love that if you look at the three like I, I love to that there are three different time periods going on but they're not obfuscated into years they're just like beginning middle end that's all they're that's all they're labeled as which I I love that about it and I love how you look at the sort of um uh, the the London art style which is the beginning stuff and it's it's a more sort of idealistic looking uh, art style. It's a little bit, it's not simpler, but it's, it is a little bit like the, you know, it, it's not as grungy in the details. It's not, it's not, it's not showing like all like sort of the, the pock marks in, in people's faces. And then you get to the Afghanistan stuff and, it, and it's a little bit more, it's obviously grungier. It's got a little bit more of edge to it. And then when you get to the, the very little you get of the end, it's, you know, that like Joey said at the beginning, that has the most evo- sort of horror evocative um, style to it. So it's, it's a very, interestingly designed uh book um so if i know you have it in front of you, do you did you end up reading it yet or yeah okay this first page is totally francesco francavilia <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> coloring sh- shading everything um i mean there's very little left to be said mm-hmm. after after everybody i agree with everyone uh the one the word i would use for this comic is, is impressive mm-hmm. really impressive uh everything down from the art to the structuring of of the story uh 
even kind of like getting to to know uh, the other military characters. Yeah, that was really cool. You know, like vastly different personalities and just effortlessly inserting them into the story and getting to know them without having to be bogged down by their backstories. Right. Like she even asks about somebody at one point and mm-hmm. they just they do something in the back of the hell the helicopter it just tells you their personality. Like you've seen that personality in other books and in, in television shows. That's the person like you just you just don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Right. So um I like that even when it's just trying to like imply something, it implies it very well yeah. and tells its own little story in just even a gesture. You know, um, I'm a huge fan of werewolves as like a monster or a thing in in fiction. And uh, you don't always get the best from them or you get at least a lot of regurgitated lore and stuff. And I like the idea that this is doing something uh, different with that. I mean, having just come off of uh, last year's Wolf Moon, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd kind of had a really good fix for like my, my werewolf stuff. And I'm like, well... That's going to be, you know, the thing to hold me over for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then this came along and I didn't know what it was about like at all. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the cover and I'm like, damn, like I got to <laughs> I got to read that. I yeah. like, you know, Cyspurrier a lot. And that that cover is just ridiculously uh, calling to me. And yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those things that when the second one comes out, I'm going to have to go back and read number one again to get reacclimated with it. Um. I'm still trying to come down on whether or not I'm going to trade weight for it or pick up the next issue. But if like word of mouth is that it, it hit all the notes that the first one hit, then I'm, I'm definitely in and I'll, I'll follow it. So yeah, I, like I said, really impressive uh, stuff. Kind of like one of those like left field books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see where it goes and I will not be surprised if we hear in the next couple of months that this gets picked up. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like every image book seems to at this point, but it, <sighs> it feels like got something. Optioned. Yeah, it got, yeah. It's good, it could get optioned very easily. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Cry Havoc, uh, Simon Spurrier and uh, Ryan Kelly. Uh, Bob, do you want to talk about the other the other sure. the we'll, book we'll really quick? quick? Just really know, quickly, right. how uh, good it is. <laughs> Black Magic by Greg Rucka and Nicholas Scott is just sensational. Yeah. Yep. And it is really good, as most Rucka, Rucka things are, at being a lot of things at once yeah. and being excellent at all of them. It is a great police procedural. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing occult mystery. And I checked with some real Wiccans and they're mm-hmm. very pleased with what's mm-hmm. going on here that it's it's not painting that in the usual witchy way. Yeah. There's something really special, a lot of research being done. The back matter is great as you get the stories mm-hmm. of all this thing. The art is incredible. I am yeah. a huge fan of Miss Scott, have been since the Birds of Prey days and the years since best work i think she's ever done this sort of black and white wash with those splotches mm-hmm. of colors mm-hmm. and you pointed it there yeah. the first issue that uh, people are going to catch up i don't want to spoil what happens on yeah. that page yeah. but there is a conflagration that page yeah. that page is amazing yeah. right and but every page is amazing in its own way whether they're quiet scenes just faces just conversations just an absolute brilliant book. Is everybody? I'm all caught reading? up. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. The, the the way they use color is fascinating because they use it. I mean, it's not, it's not, not by far the first thing that has done mostly black and white mm. and used color to accent things. But I I like that it's not it's not like oh we're just going to use red when it's blood or we're going to you know there, there's like one color it brings in it just will highlight certain things along the way and it's sort of giving you this visual language like, like this. 
is important, you know, and even if you don't realize it's important yet, it will be important. It, whether it's a glass of water or, you know, the, like a lighter, a lighter yeah. or two like little green bean looking things. Yeah. Like, Seeds. There's yeah. something there's something here that you should take heed of and, and remember. And I think a lot of problems, a lot of a lot of comics have in general. I think it's just a, a it's just a pitfall of a lot of visual storytelling is that, you know, Unless the object, unless an object is very, very much in the forefront, often b- thing books will try to call back to things like that, and you won't quite know what what they're talking about, right? And it happens in movies too. It's the same thing. Yeah. You have to really highlight these items, and I think Black Magic is doing a very good job of laying those um, that groundwork before it ever happens. And that, like you said, all the other stuff you said, Bob, too, great procedural. I love. And that's surprising. I love the main character. Oh, Rowan is amazing. You know, yeah. and just just like I love Lazarus, the Lazarus. You know, I, I love Forever Carlisle, and, and and through the through the annals of of Greg Rucka's stuff, it's like he just does a great job of making somebody seem both incredibly capable, but also not without fault and not without you know um, weakness as well. And and, and I great love point. that about the character, hundred percent. And yeah, you're right. The art is just gorgeous it's just a great book it's a great book are either of you two people on the line reading black magic no no well no. you should be yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the first trade to okay. be collected all right well, next Same. uh next issue is the last of, of this arc, arc. Yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be great i loved issue one yeah first issue was, issue was great yeah it's it, really good it remains really great um let's uh let's jump over to some some listener questions huh? though um, you talked me into it, Bobby. Wow, good job. <laughs> we all uh, leaving exciting. otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, this is from uh, Brian Wilk. He's at Wilk underscore Brian on Twitter, and he says, "What is your favorite superhero origin story?" Who's going first? Joey. Oh, <laughs> damn it! Initiation continues. Uh. I'm just like looking at my my books here. Um, I think the one that I always just go back to is is the Captain America stuff. I think that that origin and just the history of it, I think, is so wonderful. And to spin out of that, I'm also a huge Bucky fan. So his role in that too, I just love. Um, other top ones for me, Iron Fist and Daredevil, are also two of my faves. Mm. Awesome, awesome, Bob, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And the original I one. Knew from, you were gonna say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go back to Wonder Woman number one back in 1941. <laughs> with so many, as I've said repeatedly here, so many origin stories are about violence and death and revenge or whatever, and that a superhero is born out of a mother's love is just so, so touching. So yeah. Wonder Woman number one, all the way back to the 40s. Stephanie, that was legit mine. Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, I knew Bob was gonna pick it too, so one of us was gonna overlap, but. Yeah, like I, I think that that's just such a, um, not wholesome. That's not the right word, um, but like it's like a really pure love mm-hmm. um, between the mother and the daughter, um, and I really just love that origin and um, being super in love with mythology and all that. It just hits all my buttons. Mm-hmm. Steve, um. I really enjoy a lot of the uh, villains from Batman 
their backstories, uh, particularly the Scarecrow. When I read Scarecrow Year One, with him like trapped in the in the house with his father and his father running experiments on him and everything, Ew. it was yeah no it was yeah, creepy. creepy yeah it was it was creepy <laughs> and it was terrible and and it was you know very very frightening but also really engaging and uh, so much of the stuff from Batman the animated series like I always go back as far as origin stories to that Clayface episode where um what's his name again Boris something okay Borat no <laughs> he's he's trying to like retain his youth so that he could stay in front of the camera and so he mm-hmm. somebody introduces him to that that cream and that like putty mm-hmm. stuff and he puts it on his face and then they he like they come in and they cover him with it and they just pour buckets on him and he comes out as this monster and just i don't know so so much of that animated series stuff is great but uh the only other one that i can come i could come up with uh when i saw the question was actually miles morales um and even though his origin story is still is very much akin to peter parker i think it's not so much different uh he's one of the characters that since his introduction, like I've been there from the beginning and he's in my, in my opinion, one of the most important characters that Marvel has in their library today. And, you know, I've heard the captain America story. I've heard the, the Ms. Marvel stories and, and the wonder woman's and all of that stuff, but I was never there for it. I was actually there for miles and watching him grow into his powers and, find out that like the people responsible were people that were close to him that changed his life and having to hide stuff from his friends and him just being a kid and having to, you know, who can I trust? And one of the first people that he decides to trust with his secret ends up, you know, turning their back on him and kind of turning him into Hydra and all this stuff. And, uh, and don't yell at me that happened arcs ago. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, I just and right up until uh, we were actually asked another question. I'm, I don't know if we're going to get to it, but there was an arc question that there was uh, one arc of his in particular that really, really pushed him to one of my like my favorite comic book characters. And uh, I feel like his origin story really like peaked with those moments and I'll, I'll i'll bring them up later okay um i mean for me it's like it's it's spider-man peter parker yeah. spider-man i mean it's always that's what i grew up loving and now it's like you know it's nearly as well worn as batman's at, at, at this point uh and, and but you know back then like that idea that the with great power comes great responsibility is, is it was something very special to me, you know, growing up as a kid. And the idea that it was Peter being selfish and trying to use his power for the wrong reason for, you know, not stepping up when he could have, when he could have stepped in all of those things and how that directly reflected on something horrible happening in his life. And that idea in some sort of way, it says, you know, you don't know, you know, how your actions are going to come back and, and affect affect you, you know. So when that moment is, of decision comes, absolutely. yeah, you know, it, it kind of teaches. It's kind of trying to teach you to do the right thing, no matter what you can gain out of it, because you never know how that's going to be a part of your life. And and it was always just also a very emotional and affecting story t- to me mm-hmm. that this you know this boy who already had lost his parents lost another another parent and, and had to deal with that and it was sort of that guilt you know it wasn't it wasn't anger it wasn't it wasn't uh 
it wasn't really you know a depression it wasn't it was it was a guilt about not doing the right thing that led him to just become the superhero and, and to fight beyond his means at every single point and turn and i always love that and in his better stories it continues to inform yeah that character all the mm-hmm. way through not every origin does that mm-hmm. even the ones we talk about not always depending on what's going on yeah it changes it morphs it it becomes less important mm-hmm. batman is still haunted by his parents yeah spider-man with uncle ben cap is still that guy from world war ii mm-hmm. we're, trying we're... to do the right thing man yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's the good ones. Absolutely. Worst ones, we don't want to talk about. (laughs) Damian Wayne's a cool one, too. He is a cool one, yeah. I I mean, he's one of my favorite characters. It's not one of my favorite origin Mm -hmm. stories, you know, Uh, but it's definitely cool. Yeah. Um, So Kevin Murray asks, and Bob has answered this question plenty of times already, (laughs) but what was the first comic you read collected regularly? Uh, Let's start with you, Bob, since your answer has been Fantastic Four. It will continue to be that. I can still remember sitting in the car as a six-year-old reading Fantastic Four number six. Nice. And at the same time bought Showcase 37 with them. Well, my father did. I didn't have any money. <laughs> it was the first Metal Man. And just sitting there on a you know interesting afternoon. Fantastic Four spoke to me, and I just I kept buying. It was harder back then because there weren't comic stores and there weren't places to get back issues. So there were gaps. I missed that one. How did I go to the farmer's market next month? It'll be there. That's not how you read things. But uh, yeah, for me, it's Fantastic Four and continue to do so. Mm. Steve. First comic I read collected that I actually went back to the store you to get. You collected regularly. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say probably Lenore, the cute little dead girl from mm. Roman Dirge. That was kind of my stomping grounds between Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, um, peppered with Batman. That was pretty much like my meal plan for you were real sunny back then weren't you <laughs> yeah man you know i uh no i it for for the roman dirge stuff and and lenore it was very much the art style that mm-hmm. drew me to it because i was like oh my god like there's a comic book on the shelves that kind of looks like what i do and then i picked it up and it's hilarious yes, it is. and it's still hilarious it's still coming out and it's every time i i see it i pick it up and i i laugh my ass off. Um, so yeah, Lenore is uh, is definitely nice. mine. My, my first. All right, Stephanie. I'm trying to think because for a very long time I bought trades. Mm-hmm. Um, probably for I mean a good chunk of my initial like coming back to comics, I was somebody who just like got them from um, bookstores because comic bookstores intimidated me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wonder Woman, like, um, the J. Michael Straczynski run with the new pants, the the black pants might've been something that I was picking up regularly and coming back for, but I feel like there was maybe something before that. Cause I was at the time shopping. I remember, um, at a big B comics in Hamilton, um, but that, that's the first one that I remember constantly trying to come back for um fractions uncanny x-men run as well with terry dodson i picked up pretty Mm. regularly around that time um yeah i i don't know what else it would be Uh, again like i was mostly a trade waiter for quite a bit all right uh joey what about you Kind of the same boat there. Uh, through high school and stuff, I, I read a lot of like 
old, old trades of like the Claremont X-Men stuff and, and things like that. But then once I got to college and there was a, a store, a comic shop pretty uh, close to, to uh, Rutgers, um, I jumped into picking up books right when the Messiah Complex storyline was going through X-Men. So those four books that were part of that that series, which was Uncanny X-Men, X-Men, New X-Men, and X-Factor, I started picking those up to do that storyline, and then I obviously followed through from there. I'd already read all the Claremont stuff, and I loved the series, and I loved the characters, so I was like, if I'm going to pull, then I'm just going to kind of keep with what I know. I think the first one I bought was a prelude issue to that storyline, which was like X-Men, I want to say like 206. I don't know. I may have just made that number up, but uh, 194, something like that. And it was Gambit and Rogue on the cover, two of my favorite characters. And, and from that point on, it was, it was X-Men for a while. And then obviously it ballooned out of proportion with other books. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- that was it. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I bought trades sporadically over a lot of years. Um, when I was a kid, I mean, I had comic books and I would buy comic books, but I didn't have a concept of like, this comes after this one. And, the, you know, it was just like, I have this handful of Batman comics. And I don't know how they connect to each other. And I have this Spider-Man cover because it has a, you know, it has a hologram on it and it looks cool to me. You know, that was kind of like what it was for me. Um, and then you know, over the years I would read, I would read, I would watch I would read, you know, those kind of things over the years as I, I sort of, I would learn about them. Um, I remember, I think I was, I don't know how old I was. I think I was in college. I don't know if I was in college or grad school. I don't remember which one it was when Buffy season eight started coming out. That was really the first time that I like, was going to a comic shop, you know, to buy something, um, you know, month after month. Uh, and then that dropped off to the, cause I just, my, that time I couldn't handle it. I was like, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> how this works. And I go here and I want three, but they don't have three. They have two and four. Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, but I mean the, really the first time I was really collecting any, in any sort of like, um, habitual way was when we started doing this really it was the new 52 stuff that really i really started really really reading and collecting books on any sort of regular basis i mean for a couple months before i guess because i read death of spider-man and the ultimate universe before and and i uh i'd read some green lantern stuff before and i think some flash stuff and you know a couple things where i'd sort of been um getting warmed up reading books but it was it was at that point it was the new 52 that really i started really collecting stuff again so Good question. Very good yeah. question. Um, it was X Men two hundred four. All right, thank you. Joey. <laughs> I was close. I was close. <laughs> so uh, this question actually came to us both on Twitter, but it was also in our our forums from uh, Carol Cross, and she she's speaking in relation to you know us doing a comic book podcast. Um, uh, in your chosen hobby, passion, pastime, or anything else that reading comics encapsulates, have you discovered that while trying to keep up with everything that's current, have you had to drop the comics that you otherwise would love? I hear a lot of going back and forth and picking up trades for series that are years and years old. I was just wondering if by providing the service that you guys do, huge thanks, by the way, I'm sure I can easily speak for everyone by saying what a great job you guys are doing and thanks again that your enjoyment that your personal enjoyment of the things you love suffers for doing the job that you guys do on the podcast um oh man so bobby you should start with this one because you've talked about this at length yeah stay cool cc that's what, that's what she signed <laughs> it. um so uh so yeah i mean i i, I think you're yes <laughs> the answer is yeah. absolutely yes and that, that but that happens with anything i think that happens with 
doing this, you know, you, you know, I, I go, like I do, I, I make, you know, corp- corporate commercial and event films for a living. And I used to do, you know, I, I still do stuff on the side, obviously with Bob, we make our, uh, our movies together, but you know, obviously it is like <laughs> now less fun for me to do. It's not, it's not, no longer when I'm doing it, it's not just a pure fun thing. It feels like I'm working because it's what I do for work. Um, and, and so some of like the pure sort of that pureness is gone out of the equation. Right. Um, it happens. It happens all the time. If you if you're doing something where you're forcing yourself, and again in big quotes, because it's not like it's like a, a difficult yeah. job to read comic books. Um, but but when you're you're making it more than just a pastime to have fun with, you you have you're putting yourself under a deadline to read a certain amount of things, or you or you need to produce content around those things, or you need to be really up on those things and really invested in those things. You start to not be see the forest for the trees anymore right it, be, it become it, it just naturally becomes something about work you know it feels like when i when i sit down to read books i i still enjoy them like we just talked about cry havoc which i absolutely love but there is definitely a sense of like okay i have to do this you know and, and whether or not it's something fun or something you know tedious when you feel like you have to do something it's going to lose some of the the luster and fun because you're it's not just sort of this like you don't feel like you're like you're playing hooky anymore you're you're just doing something else for you know your your job so yeah uh, and it doesn't directly pertain to that but like comic books naturally because of um you know the nature of how things are progressing have a lot of drama and I feel like there's a lot of pressure for us to stay on top of that. And that's really draining. And then it's like, which creators am I allowed to still love without <laughs> people being like, oh, don't you know about this controversy? Yeah. Like, it, they're, they're all embroiled in controversy. Um, That's not true. I'm exaggerating, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, it, I feel like that portion of it gets really, really exhausting, too. Absolutely, uh, I, I, absolutely, yes, absolutely, I agree with you. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, I, I honestly like it. I, if you look at um, how much I've interacted on social media in the last six to six to six months to a year, it's been very little because I just grew tired of like. I just don't want, I just don't want everything that I talk about to be a thing. You know, it's like, I, I just, I want to be like, it, it was draining more of the, more of like the enjoyment out of it. And yeah. that, and that, and, and it affects how I talk about things and I don't want that to happen. You know, I want to be able to talk about things on a, on a level of the, the stuff themselves, because all that other stuff, it, it, it invokes pe- people listening to have so much more knowledge of what's going on than what's just on the yeah. page in front of them, right? And that's sort of what I strive to be able to talk about. But yeah, I mean, I, again, it's I would never complain about it because I was just reading comic books and talking about them. But yes, absolutely, like if like over the break, over like the couple of weeks in between when we did the best of shows and when we came back, except for reading the things that were on the list of stuff I had to read, I didn't read any any comics. It was yeah. like it was like this is a couple weeks off from from the other job that I have, you know, and and it just we goes. I mean, it happened when like when we were doing Fanboy Remix, we had we had to watch movies, and it, it, the same thing happens. You're like, I guess I gotta watch this movie because I gotta make sure I can talk about it. On it, it just it happens with everything. It happened with me because I'm doing we postponed the show again, but I'm doing a best of 2015 show with talking movies guys, and I'm like. I'm like churning through movies because I ha- I saw very few this year like new movies that came out. The point where I was like, I'm like really gonna watch this movie just because I feel like I I want to put it on a list. <laughs> I, 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 so I can say I watched 
50 movies this year instead of 48. Like I have to, you know, I, I, I'm going to watch this movie that I don't really care about. And, and so you have, you have to really sort of reevaluate, I think why you're doing things. And, you know, uh, the things that energize me about reading books are yeah the creators that do them and I want to read them or that like it's a book that someone else in, on the show loves that they really want to talk about and then I'm going to want to read it because I'm going to want to engage in that in that discussion that's that's really what it is um yeah that's that's my part of it. I don't know if anybody has anything they want to add I think you kind of I, you don't need to call on me you okay really <laughs> yeah. summed up I wanted to touch on the news portion of it yeah uh, but totally yeah you pretty much summed up my my feels about you, Bob. Yeah, I'm going to touch on something you spoke about some while back. We had a question regarding how many books you can read mm -hmm. in a week. And to me, that time is more a defining factor than the money even is. Mm -hmm. Because we're not just reading the books to read the books. As you point out, we're now reading with a, with a more critical eye, with something different going on in our heads. In, in essence, then talking about them later, writing something about them later, you're reading it twice without having to have read it. But that takes twice as much time to do the week's reading as it would be to just slam through the books and, hey, that was fun, mm -hmm. is now something else has to go on because we are entertaining each other and hopefully you folks out there with what we have to say <laughs> about these things. And it requires some thought mm -hmm. beyond everything else. And that time means when you put it down, when you put the pile down, I don't want to go read the ones that I'm not part of the show. So things like Daredevil got past me. Right. Yeah. Whatever you showed me was, mm. I love this book. Mm. But I didn't have enough time in a given week to read what mm -hmm. I was already collecting twice and then start adding to the pile. Yeah. Things now, there's a critical mass. There's mm -hmm. this set of books, and if this one gets added, that one goes. Yeah. And I'll pick it up in trade. Absolutely. It'll be later on, but I just... There's not enough hours in a week. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Joey, I'm, I'm curious with you because obviously you just kind of started being regular on the podcast, but you've obviously been reviewing books for us for a, a very long time. Do you yeah. feel a similar thing or is it, you think, less for you? Um, I... I I do feel something similar and I, I just, the, the word that Bob just used about like critical mass, I think that that's something that I, I find really interesting because, you know, and maybe this is spinning the question a little bit, but um, doing the, you know, writing for the site and, and doing that, you know, I, I was reading X amount of books before, but there was a period probably like 2013, maybe a couple of years ago where I was doing like three or four books a week for yeah. the site, right? So like, but those were books that, you know, I wouldn't have read otherwise. You know, IDW books, Dark Horse books, Boom books, Image books, whatever. Um, that I wouldn't, I would, I, they weren't on my normal pull list. So in that sense, I feel like doing doing the podcast, writing for the site, kind of doing this in this way uh, has opened you know, the horizons a little bit and kind of opened up my palette in terms of books that I like. So yeah, there is that critical mass element, but in some cases, the books that you're swapping out are books that you find really engaging and books that, you know, are surprising and something that you actually look forward to reading week to week mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, that book that you felt obligated to read before because you were, you know, a Daredevil fan or, or whatever uh, may have, you know, not that Daredevil is one of those examples because <laughs> it has been pretty consistent forever, but, you know, um, you you find something new. So in that case, doing this has been has been good and, and has almost in some ways enriched that 
that passion that I had for comics and movies and TV because, you know, you guys talk about that stuff all the time. So um, in that case, I do think it, it is an enriching experience, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like, I'd say I, it's not like it's all bad. You know, right. I've read a lot of stuff that, like you said, Joe, that I never would have read, mm -hmm. and I and the, the breadth of stuff I'm willing to try is much bigger than it, than if I if we weren't doing somewhere I kind of had to try stuff. If if I had never done this show, if we never if I never started the site, I would have read that DC stuff until I got tired of it, and then probably would not have read much else. I might have kept reading Batman or kept reading this, or maybe maybe I would have read Saga, maybe. You know, I've been like, well, this this is not 24, so I can't yeah, read this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Um, uh, you know, maybe, but probably not. I probably would have read some superhero stuff and then either kept on with some stuff, gone sporadically back and forth. But I probably I wouldn't have been reading. I wouldn't have known who Greg Rucka was, you know, yeah. or, and and all that kind of stuff. I never would have read Lazarus or anything like that. So there definitely is obviously positive stuff as well. Um, I think speaking more for us, it's more just the we're doing it for about you know five almost five years at this point and so the point where like it sort of like loops back in on itself where it's like it was really opening and now it's getting like all of that stuff that we started reading is now becoming almost like a weight you know where it's oh, yeah. it's mm -hmm. tough to like shake it off at some point i don't know how i used to do like three three reviews a, a day i'd neither do no, we yeah. i never knew <laughs> i never questioned it yeah i was like i know joey has a job <laughs> Youthful spirits. <laughs> not on not on Wednesdays, I guess. But, Shut yeah. up, kids. <laughs> I'm writing about comics. Yeah, Mr. Petrino's busy. Yeah. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, we're gonna watch a movie today. <laughs> <laughs> read, read Huck Finn by yourselves. It's easy. Uh, all right. Awesome. Um All right, so this is from Katrina Northern. Um it's an email that we got. Uh, uh -huh. Podcast.talkingcomicbooks.com. Send the emails in. Uh, hello, I need some Valentine's advice geek style. Oh, we got this. So I want <laughs> to get my boyfriend either a trade paperback of Deadpool uh. or Suicide Squad. Which are best to get? I want funny, crazy, and quality art story, preferably a volume one or standalone. What are your recommendations? Uh, I don't got this. <laughs> easy, man. Easy. Yeah, I got a few. Well, Joe, yeah. you go first. Um... Well, you'll probably recommend the same ones, right? The Cullen Bunn Deadpool yes, stuff? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He, he did like three three separate Three books. or four at this point. He's another one just starting today, yeah. actually. Yeah. Illustrated, kills Deadpool, yeah. kills the MU. Yeah. Yeah, Deadpool kills Deadpool was probably my favorite That's of the That's a good bunch. one, yeah, yeah. That one was awesome. A Night of the Living Deadpool, which is another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zombie-focused as well. Yeah, all, the, all that Cullen Bunn stuff is great, and it's incredibly... Standalone. I mean, those kind of like illustrated kills the Marvel universe and Deadpool kills Deadpool are are, are all kind of tied together in some ways. But you can read um, mm -hmm. any one of them and and just get enjoyment out of them. And if you're looking for wacky, funny, crazy stuff, that stuff is right there for you. Um, and I think really a good middle point because it's not like the the way I Colin Bunn. I love the way he writes. Deadpool it's like it's funny and manic but it's it's not a past that line where it gets um too much like it's annoying to me mm -hmm. he's like kind of my sweet spot Deadpool writer yeah um uh as far as Suicide Squad goes um and uh you know I would go back and start with the I just I guess I'm pretty sure it must be in print I mean it's the movie the John Ostrander original like I believe they've started to yeah, like, yeah I think I'm like 1987 so it's a little bit yeah. older but like that's where all the basis lies. I don't have too much 
I've read some of the new 52 stuff and it's been fine, but I don't know if it's the thing that's going to like grab somebody right. in, in, into reading it. Um, Steve, what do you got on your list there? Uh, I had uh, Deadpool kills Deadpool, Deadpool kills Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for something more current, uh, I didn't read it past the second arc, but that first arc of uh, Deadpool, uh, it's called Volume 1, Dead Presidents. Oh, the Brian Posehn, Jerry yeah. Duggan? Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. The, yeah. That, that Ben that Franklin stuff mm-hmm. and the Michael stuff was just absolutely hilarious. It's much more of the like madcap, uh, ridiculous Deadpool. Mm. Um, and if you're looking to invest in the character, uh, it's a sizely investment, but that uncanny X-Force. That is, that is, that is heavy. That That is, is, in my opinion, that is the best. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay. You could, you could even leave off best Deadpool and I would almost be able to agree with you because I think yeah. it's like one of the best arcs best runs yeah. I've ever read but I think for with this with the, right. what they're looking for I don't think it's the right Deadpool I'm just saying if you want to <laughs> you know you want to blow his mind yeah but that's it's really great uh uncanny x-force uh from Rick Remender yeah. is is just amazing yeah oh god it's so good and we'll also sort of I mean that would also sort of tie into apocalypse x-men apocalypse a little bit because yeah there's gonna be shades mm. of that in, in that movie but yeah suicide squad i'm not as up on i know the characters all and, i read was the dc new 52 yeah, stuff. yeah yeah um i'm sure there's good stuff out there but it's just not something that's sort of in my mm-hmm. my wheelhouse um for that stuff but i'd say i i've read you know some of the ostrander stuff um that's great and that's where it all began he, yeah. he created yeah. the suicide squad so that's something that it's a long run but you know sure you can get the first arc and i kept trying out. to force myself to get into the suicide squad like i bought those first two mm. arcs and they were they were good and i i liked the setup i liked the idea of like offing characters at random and replacing them with newer mm-hmm. villains and stuff like that and kind of the rotating seat mm-hmm. uh or seats of that team but uh there was something about it that just it never and nothing nothing that they ever did felt like it mattered mm-hmm. you know and after a while feeling like what i was reading was unimportant to the grand scheme of everything else it just became a book yeah so um i am not the person to ask about but king Susan. shark is awesome yes yeah. king shark was awesome <laughs> the i mean i know some people don't like it but um the harley quinn uh new origin issue i thought was really good and uh yeah king shark king shark's awesome <laughs> king shark's hilarious he's a king and he's a shark so yeah. there you go he's like half man half shark <laughs> i'm still i got to tell you man I I'm still blown away by the representation of that character in the Flash. Yeah, that was a great. Moment. I keep seeing stills on it when I'm online searching for Legends of Tomorrow stuff, and damn, <laughs> oh my god, that that Land moment Shark. was so good. He looks it amazing. Was. Yeah, looks that was amazing. like legit great. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, legit like they were teasing it that whole episode I know. and i'm like they're not gonna show him like, yeah. that's that's not like we're not gonna go there right like it's just gonna be a thing in the background that, mm-hmm. and then at the very <laughs> i'm like oh my god <laughs> so good it's pretty awesome um it's great all right thank you very much for that question um so this is sort of tied into the deadpool thing uh this is uh from at juice juicerelli says <laughs> What do you guys think? What do you guys? This is a hypothetical. What do you guys think of having both? What would you guys think if there was both a Deadpool rated PG thirteen and rated R? It's only rated R, but there was talks in the past about having a PG thirteen as well. What do you think? think, Wow! And the idea of having both kind of released at the same time. Since it usually goes the other way, the director's cut is the R rated, the unrated. To scale it back so that you could show it to some younger folks to get them into the, the character. 
Will it? Would it lose? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it would lose everything yeah. that way. What's going to make like, the movie the movie what it is? Okay. I think it's okay to have a grown up superhero movie. Like I think enough of the Marvel universe caters to everyone, and I think it's okay to kind of step outside that a bit and do something different. And you know, in this case, raunchy. Yeah, and he's the right character for it. I mean, he's yeah, a raunchy, like, crazy character. Yeah. There's Spider Man, and mm. like it's like, all right, you like Spider Man, kid. When you turn 16, we'll take you to see Deadpool. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's like raunchy Deadpool or yeah. raunchy Spider-Man. Like, yeah. you know, you don't need to have be like, oh, gosh, there's no comics for you. There's no movies for you. If you don't want to like Deadpool, that's it. Yeah. I, I know some people were because were uh, everybody gets about everything. But uh, people were upset that it was an R-rated movie because like a superhero movie they couldn't take their kids to. But if you know the character, it's not a character that like. It's not really for. I was just about to say that. Yeah, you wouldn't be taking your your youngins to yeah. go and see a Deadpool movie. And I also wouldn't hand a youngin a Deadpool comic either. I wouldn't no. hand them any of those books no. we we mentioned for the Valentine's yeah, Day. It, honestly, yeah. like, if you're worried about that PG thirteen audience, those kids are going to be able to get into that movie yeah. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. Trust me. That movie is going to make money. I'm excited. Very oh, excited. I'm. I'm I, wa- I was waffling for a while. I am so excited about that movie. I saw a clip uh, a couple of days ago with uh, the Negasonic Teenage Warhead mm-hmm. that just, oh God, so good. So she's got like a, a real X-Men costume on in one of those things. It's got the, mm. like the yellow. She's got a little bit of Adorable. a tank girl vibe going on. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I really dig that. But we haven't seen like the yellow X-Men costumes in the present day ever. We've only no. been in the first, first class. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't. I think we talked about. The, I don't. I know we talked about the trailer. I think on the show, but the moment in the trailer that I love, and it's just like a little stupid moment. And he goes like, "I don't want any of your X Men bullshit, Colossus." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "That's so cool." Because it, 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 in two, it's there's a whole. It's in that. It's a whole universe. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I like that a lot about that that moment in the it's trailer. Kind of like in Trainwreck with Tilda Swinton when she's like, "I don't want any of your ginger nonsense. <laughs> Quit it." I'm waiting for Deadpool to just stop the entire movie right in the middle of all mm-hmm. the action and like come out from the corner of the screen and directly address the audience and start talking to them. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So we, uh, this is another question here. This is from uh, another email. It's uh, from Kent Nessa. Um, and this is, this email is very interesting to me because it's like, it speaks to sort of the inside baseball, I think of, of the industry in a lot of ways. Um, I've been listening to the show for a few months and I love it. And the enthusiasm you have for comics. Um, I'm a new comics reader. and was wondering when it comes to Marvel, where a good starting point would be for most titles with DC with DC it was easy to start with a new 52 with Marvel. I feel as if there's such a long ongoing story with most titles that jumping into random issues would have me lost. Forgive me if Marvel is attempting something similar to the new 52. I'm not up on comics news. Thank you so much. Um, it's very interesting. So, wait, so this is good jumping on points? Yeah, good jumping on points on Marvel. But I think it's interesting, too, because it's like Marvel has sort of done exactly that in the last couple of months. But it, it's it, for the optics. She listens to our podcast and doesn't know, no. you know, so I, it's it's like, sorry, go ahead. Well, I would say, like, as far as Marvel goes, like, start with if, if you want sort of cooler new comics, like for Spider-Gwen, start with volume one versus volume zero Mm -hmm. like volume one for me for instance i know it doesn't make sense and it's kind of confusing and (laughs) that's not my fault that's my fault (laughs) um but like the number the volume one um is a much better starting point for that character than 
um, where they started her off in the Spider-Verse thing, Mm -hmm. Um, the edge of the Spider-Verse. Like, that's a good jumping on point. Like, the new Squirrel Girl has a lot of backstory. Like, you kind of need to start at the actual first volume from 2015 versus... The second the, volume, yeah, 2016, 2016 yes. <laughs> volume one. Like, it's so dumb how they number things. Like, it's so freaking dumb. Um, I realize they're trying really hard to make it easy, but, like, it's like none of them have ever shopped anywhere before. Um, and I, I mean that... <laughs> I don't actually mean that in a good way in any way. Um, they just don't know their market and they don't know their retailers at all. Um, and that really makes it awful for a new reader to jump in. Um, yeah, like um, if you like like Black Widow, the Phil Noto, Nathan Edmondson run is uh, really simple. Volumes one to, I believe, four. Excellent. Um, same with um miss marvel the kamala khan g willow wilson stuff um captain marvel i'd argue isn't as well laid out because they are like volume one is this volume two is this volume three is actually avengers assemble volume four is actually a new volume one like yeah, but oh, definitely that's, worth that's reading, trace. though. Yeah, it that's is worth trace. reading. It is worth reading. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we, confusing. yeah, it's only confusing, but I mean, that's kind of our job is to kind of like let them yeah. know how to navigate that confusion, yeah. I think, and, and so, so that's worth it. More jumping on points. Bobby. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that what you're, here's a tough thing because you, you the easy, the, the, in the ideal world, they'll say right now would be perfect because there's all these number ones. A lot of them aren't there, you know, I mean. Uh, I think Doctor Strange is is a this the new the new stuff is is a great place to jump on if you want to know about that character, especially with with a a movie c- coming up. Um, but I think as Stephanie is saying, I, I think a lot of stuff you're going to do is sort of go back and read a couple of trades it, with characters that you're excited for. Um, you know, I, I think that like we talked about, we talked about the Mark Wade Daredevil all the time. But the problem is, like, if you read that, it's a long run, and then you've you're going, you're not going to be getting that if you're trying to read the the new stuff. Um, I think it really depends on what characters you're really sort of interested in and invested in. Um, I, I would say that here's the thing I would say in general about reading comics, and the thing I've I sort of learned because five years ago I was in your same position, not knowing where to jump in with with Marvel at all, um, and sort of, but DC with the New Fifty Two kind of giving me a way in is that it's important again you're going to read these books and you're not going to know stuff but it's but it's important to be able to sort of put that stuff to the side and go okay i don't know what they're talking about but i will i will eventually figure out or we'll get to a new arc and that and I'll, eventually i'll be in the middle of everything and i won't have i won't be thinking about what i know anymore because i'll just know this stuff that's kind of what you have to do i think if you want to start reading monthly comics in the middle of stuff like this if you're looking for trades, there's a million places that you can go, obviously. I think that if you're into humor, picking up something like the first trade of Howard the Duck from, from last year is, is, a, is, a, is a great thing. It'll be very funny. It has a lot of ties to the Marvel Universe, but you don't really need to know everything, anything that's going on in the Marvel Universe. Uh, same thing with Silver Surfer, I think. Again, this number one that just came out, not the place to jump on. No. The last number one, yeah. Yes, last number one absolutely is a great place to jump on. Um, those books, I think, are are, are great for, for doing so with Marvel. I will say you're better off addressing individual character books absolutely. before just, yeah. you dive into the big team books. The big team books are going to be incredibly daunting because 
you're not dealing with one character, you're dealing with tens or twenties of characters, and you're dealing with all their backstories and all their relationships, and that stuff can get really confusing and really messy. Uh, jumping into single sort of character books, I think, is, is the way to go to start. Yeah. Well, if you find a character... Oh, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, sometimes creating like a short list of characters that you've seen around or have heard uh, people talk about that you're interested in and then kind of pull your resources. And if, you know, the podcast is one of your resources or, you know, Twitter and stuff like that, you can always reach out to us or reach out to, to other people and kind of mm-hmm. get opinions for, like Bobby was saying, individual character starting points. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to know where to start with Squirrel Girl, if you want to know how Jessica uh, Drew became pregnant because uh, you you've heard the new the new run is really funny and stuff like that. Um, it's always best to ask the people that know and that have already been there and and people that have a shared interest or or affinity for those characters. Uh, you're more than likely to get the more uh, like deeper and impassioned answer as opposed to just what was popular and what sold the best. Yeah. And I will say I, the, right now is not a great time, but I, uh, f- like the n- new number ones that are coming out right now aren't all great num- number ones. Some of them are uh, definitely as much as we malign these sort of like rebranding of things. I, I think when it was a couple of years ago now, but when they did Marvel now, mm-hmm. I think they did a very good job there with being like, here are places to really jump on. We're, we're start where it's all new creative teams. It was, so we're starting from scratch in a lot of places. And I think those were very good ways to sort of get into those books. Cause I, I jumped on on a lot of different ton of titles there without knowing a ton about them and, and grew to love characters and get invested in characters in, in those places. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to jump on what uh, Steve was saying. If you go onto our forums, yep, there are tons of places and there are so many people who will be passionate about something that your question will catch someone's attention who will give you the, the right answer. And sometimes yep. a very long, involved answer. Yep. Sometimes you get seven answers of the same thing that can tell you this must be a good book because everyone loves this. Yeah, and I mean, and don't be afraid to reach out individually either. Like, if you know that a, a specific person on the podcast is into a character that you're yes. into, we're always available. You know, mm-hmm. everybody that's on the show is available online, either through Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, literally online, like, pretty much all day, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't know the answer to something, I know somebody who will. Yeah. Like, Not, uh, Alan Kistler, for mm-hmm. instance. Like, that man is a nonstop encyclopedia. Yeah. I mean, I will. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Like give you a segue into somebody talking to somebody who I know will answer you and help you. Yeah. I mean, meeting new people and talking to new people and sharing your interests is one of the, you know, the greatest benefits of this entire project. So, you know, don't be, don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to just be like, you know, Hey, I'm interested in X. Yeah. Where, you know, where can I go? What do you think is the best way to go? And we'll, you know, we'll do our best to give you a good answer. Yeah, yeah. we're a friendly lot around here. Except Joey. Joey's a real asshole. Yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> Damn. Straight up, yo. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll add is it doesn't have to just be characters, too. I think that we talk often about certain creators. Mm-hmm. And um, often, more often, what you get with, you know, a great jumping on point is when a new creator takes over a book mm-hmm. right so you know they hear us talk about greg rooker all the time or uh fraction or kelly sue or whatever well you know rooker had a run on, on gotham central you know something like that like you like that rooker book well here you could jump on here or something like that you know um mark wade oh yeah he's doing black widow number one next mm-hmm. 
week or whatever next month or whenever it comes out right like wait for that or something like that so um there's so many ways to to get in i think that the one thing i will add is that like wikipedia is like your best friend you know (laughs) i i started with like x-men books and those x-men books are loaded with like continuity and random characters in the background so i would just you know look them up and i don't know who you know curates those pages but it's like always in danger of having too much information those wikipedia pages <laughs> on some of those characters but you know um the info the info's out there you just kind of got to ask you know yeah absolutely and on my point before i never would have read two of my favorite things if i had been worried about not knowing what was going on and that would be journey the kieran gullen journey into mystery yep. which i literally jumped in directly in the middle of i had no idea what was going on yeah i just saw on the cover it was like part one of what arc and i was like okay i'll, I'll start reading this that was a stephanie hans cover man <laughs> and there and like stephanie hans. who like and there's no more daunting thing to jump in and then than something that karen gillen yeah is writing in the middle of it because it's it just there's oh there's so much stuff going on that and Uncanny X-Force is the same thing. Yeah. There's so much history before that run, the Remender run starts that I didn't know that I just sort of gleaned either from reading that or looking it up, like Joey said, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever read. So there, there you can definitely mm-hmm. move past not knowing. Um, it's very, I, 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 I've been there, it's very daunting, but if you can power through that and, and be okay with not knowing things, You'll you you can find some really great stuff. By the way, speaking of Kieran Gillen, just as a sidebar here, um, and this is for the people that are self-publishing things. He posted a really 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 great uh, thing by uh, Big Bang Comics again. They're fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah, and they have a they just did a post on how to sell your comic a retailer's perspective, Mm. and Kieran Gillen retweeted it to say, um, he said, what did he say? uh, This this article is golden and like was like, read this. So as a complete sidebar, but speaking of Kieran Gillen, read that if you are looking to, you know, get your own work out there. Um, I had their email. This is from the one from Tora Lee Hart, but we kind of addressed the squirrel girl thing with Stephanie talking before about jumping on points and stuff like that. What's that? You want to talk about squirrel girl more? Okay. Just kind of asking <laughs> why a book would be relaunched with a number one with the same exact creative team. Uh, and go the That's same story. Marvel's ridiculous. <laughs> For a plain and simple, only re- one reason to make money. That's the only reason why. Number ones it. make yes the most money. Yeah, and that's yeah. why. Um, and that's what life's about. Yeah, and that's not, I mean, again, it's, it gets confusing. It's not necessarily a totally bad thing because if more people are reading the book, great, but it just gets very, especially when you're only, what were they, six? Were they even six issues in? I think, yeah, I think seven or eight. Seven yeah, or eight it, or whatever it was. March, only our second number one this year. Yeah, two <laughs> number ones in a year is a lot. Um, uh, I love having Nihilist Joey on the I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, matters, man. Making um, money. Dollar dollar bill, yo. <laughs> I want to I wanna close this show off and this this listener stuff off with actually not a question but just an email from from a listener and this is from kiara smith jenkins and it says to all at talking comics um i just want to write you a small letter of thanks for your fantastic podcast it's something that i found incredibly helpful accessible and altogether invaluable during my introduction to comic books having only come into reading comic books in any serious way in early 2015 i had no idea where to start what to read or anything else really for that matter through your podcast i've been exposed to all kinds of different titles which i never would have been even thought to consider things like saga sunstone rat queens etc thanks to all of you i feel much more confident in not only what i'm currently reading but also exploring new content for a 22 year old young woman the media tells us that we're not 
sorry, for a 22-year-old young woman, the media tells us that we may not be welcome in these kinds of scenes. And though the friendly and non-presumptuous and through the non and through the friendly and non-presumptuous approach and a very welcoming local comic book store, I've made it feel very welcome and very safe. Many thanks from South Australia, Kiara Smith oh, Jenkins. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that yeah, there. Thank um, you very much. Wow. So that's going to do it for uh, our, our listener questions show. We got a, we got a ton of questions. We have a couple more I have on this list that we, we, mm-hmm. we, we can get to in another week. Uh, but we're doing a specific show here, but I would like to be able to ask have a couple of questions every week you know to kind of close out the show so um please keep on tweeting them use the hashtag tc pod mail because that way it doesn't get long if you, if you just tweet it at us it's going to get drowned in a lot of other stuff we want to be able to access it very easily um so use that hashtag we can find it very easily a, a sure way for it not to get lost email us podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com and we'll make sure we read out your emails um and your questions and you know, obviously the comic book questions are awesome. We keep them coming. You can ask us other things as well. It doesn't have to be always com- completely comic book focused. So don't be afraid to ask us other stuff as mm. well. Where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> um, By the sea. <laughs> big, big show next week. Yep. Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction will be joining us. Oh, man. The week after that, we'll be reviewing Deadpool. So that's a, that's pretty, that's a pretty big one as yeah. well. Uh, and lots more stuff on on the horizon uh, for Talking Comics. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, like I said, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com or at Talking Comics on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics as well. Uh, and please review and, and rate us on, on iTunes. It really, really helps um, with, uh, with with rankings there and optics for the show. More people watch, the more cool stuff we can we can, we can bring to you guys. Um, make sure you go to TalkingComicBooks.com for the amazing amount of content that now appears on on our little website uh thanks to all our amazing contributors and to to miss stephanie cook um for for all the mm-hmm. work that's been put in over over the past couple of weeks um there's such an amazing amount of content it's it's sort of it's sort of overwhelming at at, at this point um our our network of podcasts is of course there for you guys to check out they're all on our website under the podcast tabs um you know we're t- we we have i can't even list them all because we have like eight shows now but we got a new one starting tomorrow we do yeah <laughs> we do broken yeah, thumbsticks oh oh right so i don't think we haven't even talked about this on this show which yeah. is the like the kind of the talking games feed is saying exactly the same yes. but um the the show called talking games will be twice a month instead of four times a month give the people who are on it more time to play games um to actually talk about yeah <laughs> yeah because getting together to do that show every wednesday yeah. after only having like maybe a night and a half to yeah to sit down and play stuff and only playing something at like an hour here two hours yeah. there because you want to have mm-hmm. games to talk about not to mention the expense of, games are expensive yeah dude um <laughs> i think it's i think it's gonna be much better for the the conversations and content of that show and uh we have other shows and material coming out uh in between so that you won't get lonely yeah there there will oh. be a, there will be a show every week on that feed um that is games focused it's just going to be like changing it up a little bit for, for that stuff um so make sure you look out for that um and uh all the future for th- for that show of course and all of our shows we have so many shows we we have shows about shoujo we have shows about movies we have shows about uh the newest one i want to get with legendary runs from, from um mara and uh matt wood so uh, awesome. 
uh, who they're they're tackling these these big huge you know epic runs and uh, it's it's a really great and you you can't have any more informed people yeah. hosting a show about that kind of thing and putting up a companion articles uh, every, uh for each show they just they just did uh, greg rucka's queen and country so make sure you check Ooh. that out um we're doing sort of like a mini version of that uh, yeah. on our on our show um for w- i think at some point or another, all of us will sort of assign something to to read either either something that we have read we want others to read or maybe we haven't read it we've always wanted to read it and this will give us the excuse to to finally read that that arc that that we've been we've been dying to read but bob is our resonant expert on all things comic book oh boy um, no pressure there no <laughs> pressure there it's a lot of books friend it's all yeah. one, it's all one run <laughs> and, and he's <laughs> going to uh he's going to sign us our first arc which we're going to talk about about a month from now where we're going to, we're okay. going to talk about we're going to end up talking about so we have time to read it you all have time to read it if you want to as well um and we'll discuss it in, in in depth on that show so bob what have you got for us i really struggled to try to find something uh and i don't believe that the the right thing that's something the right thing thing. he has a lot of somethings so right so there were a whole bunch and they'll probably come up somewhere down the road Mm -hmm. so but so i will mention things that didn't make the cut Mm -hmm. uh dr strange the oath brian cave one five issue miniseries a little while back uh panther's prey don mcgregor Okay. So we have some Black Panther going. Uh, Luke Cage, 48 to 50, which is Power Man and Iron Fist coming together mm-hmm. for the first time. Oh, these are so good. <laughs> right. So you, we can look forward to those. They'll, yeah. they'll be... Uh, that Luke Cage one's harder to get than I would thought, mm. but I think it's it's around. Well, it's, uh, I, I think in, in a few months we're going to have a specific reason to... Yeah, That's one of the reasons theme that Cage stuff. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, if to me, if we were going to start this... I, for me, there was just one way to start, and that is what's thought of as, you know, maybe the greatest story arc in comic book history, okay. and it's Fantastic Four 48 to 51, because you need to read, it's the Galactus trilogy, it's the introduction of Galactus and the Silver Surfer, but 51 caps it off with it, with what may be the best single issue in the book's history, which is called This Man, This Monster. Mm. So it's fantastic for 48 to 51 from way, way back in 1966. And one of the things I want to tell people about stipulation, because Bob and I talked about this yep. off the air, is that these things are going to be readily available either on Comixology or hopefully on Marvel Unlimited if they're, if they're a Marvel, one's on Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. book. Um, and that's the way we're all, because we're not expecting everyone to buy their own copies, we're all going to kind of share a <laughs> yes. way to read it. Um, but there, I want to make sure it's easy for people out there to read as well. So um, that is on Marvel Unlimited, obviously, and yes, obviously is. also on Comixology if you want to probably buy the individual digital issues mm-hmm. there. Um, Been collected in softcover, hardcover, right. <laughs> yeah. pulled apart by themselves. Yeah. And, yeah but the, right. Nice. So we'll begin there. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's our first assignment. We'll be we'll be hitting that in, a, in about a, about a month from now. Give everybody time to to fit that into their their comic reading yeah. schedule. You're gonna need time to read it. Those are some big issues. I know. We're talking about words. Super Zero. Yeah. Okay. yeah Super Zero. The original. Remember, that's where it started, man. That's where they got the idea. <laughs> um, if you guys want to get in touch with us personally, uh, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve. I am at Dead underscore Anchorus. Stephanie. I'm at Hello Cookie. Joey. At Joey Bracina. Bob. Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Good show. I love when we t- do listener questions. It's fun Me times. Me too. They're the best. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. really great. Um, I have to go home and lose more of my life to a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out tonight. I got Gravity Rush Remastered. 
and Persona Arena fighter thingies, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I actually hooked up my PS3. Oh, really? Yeah. So I left it on when I, I came here. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it was like, you have 11 billion hours until this download is yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. like, I'm going to go home and play The Witness for, for the rest of my life. And also I got to finish me and my wife. Uh, she's never read nor seen any Harry Potter. What? So over the last two weeks, we've been watching all the movies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she really didn't know anything about them either, which was really great because yeah. I've been able to experience them like through her eyes, not knowing wow. something was happening. We just finished Half Blood Prince. Nice. So we're getting real close to the end. Two more movies left, and we're 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 done. How and she, she hasn't like, been spoiled it? on it either. No, no, no. What did you say, Joey? I said, how did she like avoid it? It's like yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But she, she like has like vague ideas about like what happens to Harry, like you know, just like 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 that stuff and like mm-hmm. some theories. But she did not know the Dumbledore thing at all, which I was shocked about. It's funny. Bronwyn's like that with some things too, yeah. where like if there's a huge news story and mm. it's been going on for days, I'll just bring it up in conversation. But like, you know, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Should just be what <laughs> really? And it it's the, the social media blinders that go up sometimes really baffle me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Sometimes I wouldn't want to be bothered by that stuff yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. But it's been it's been great. It's been a lot of fun to rewatch the movies. Um, so that's that's my plan for the week plus reading. I'm really excited about Miles Morales, the Spider Man. Oh my God, yes. Really, really excited about that. So that's number one, definitely on, on my list for this week. Absolutely. Finally. Finally, exactly. Yeah. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been a long time. Secret Wars. Yeah. Did I know we're going? Did uh, Miles? Did the Miles Morales thing really hang on Secret Wars? You read it? No. No. All right. <laughs> no. All right. That's it. I just think they didn't want to. I mean, it's weird because he's in the Avengers book, yeah. uh, but I, I we, we don't know what's in Spider Man number one yet. So there might be well, something they, in there. That flashes back. They they yeah. basically Peter and Miles share a slice of pizza on a rooftop. Aw, and stuff falls off the pizza, and yeah. then they're like, "Oh, this yeah. is the universe yeah. now." Yeah. Uh, I love <laughs> the fact that that has so many legs. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Yeah, bingo. Too All right, many legs. the millipede le- of pizzas. Too many legs. Pizza's great. Spider Man. Pizza's yeah. great. Puns. Puns away. That. Uh, um, <laughs> That's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week. For Steve. Next week's going to be crazy. Bob. Excelsior. Stephanie. Bye. And Joey. Adios. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. 